two, one. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, so my stupid story. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I ate Bob's and the chili was fucking hot as shit. And so, all right, I've got a little bit of time before we do the podcast. So I'm going to fucking, I'm going to crash out for a little bit. I'm tired and I, all the carbs just hit me. And all right, dude, I had a dream where I was hosting a like Steve Harvey style game show. Okay. And, like family feud? Yeah. <laughs> and like every time a contestant won, a bunch of people dressed up as hot dogs came out and started dancing. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I was bald with a mustache only. Uh-huh. I wasn't black, but I was just me with bald and mustache. And I woke up like, what the fuck? This is from spicy food. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> certain that was from fucking So is that a food. legend? Is that like spicy yeah. food gives you crazy dreams or something? I think so. I've never heard that one. I think so. I know it gives heartburn. I've, yeah. I know that one for sure. Yeah, Frito <laughs> pie. Anytime I have Frito pie, heartburn, dude. You got to like have some Tums right before I go to sleep. Dude, okay, so we were talking about it before we got started. But I mean, I've been busy, but you've been fucking busy. The whole band's been fucking yeah. busy. Yeah, we were, looking, uh, we were looking at like the shows that we've done this year, and I think we're getting close to like 20, like 25 shows that we've done this year. You know, we, it's, about, it's about every two to three weeks that we've done a show. Holy shit. We've been real busy. You went out of state to Arizona. Yeah, that was back in like March, February. Right. And then so did you only do one venue out there? Yeah. Yeah, we just did one venue. We were supposed to do like uh, like three full shows out there. But uh, the band that we kind of were talking to, we weren't able to like line anything else up. Mm. So we just kind of went out there basically just to form like a good relationship with them and you know hopefully piggyback something a okay. little later but well and then you guys met with like ended up meeting like the owners of the venue you were at right yeah yeah, yeah that's good it's usually how it goes yeah. you know we kind of like before the show we'll talk to them talk to the the door people talk to the bar people because usually we got to figure out if we're getting free drinks or not because that's yeah. you know we got to get that before the show <laughs> it, it was kind of fucked out there they gave us like drink tickets right just one and then we go up to the bar and we're like all right yeah we'll have a drink whatever and Toby gets, I think he got like a vodka Sprite or something like that. And she's like, this only covers like half. But they didn't even cover like a full fucking drink. What? So two <laughs> beers equals one cocktail? Is I guess. that their fucking <laughs> system out in Arizona? I guess. Jesus Christ. So, okay. All right. So, and your last set was, are we all good? Yeah, for you. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So your last set was over at Marble. Yeah. Yeah. Marble that was for Fest. Marble Fest. That was wild. Dude, that place was fucking packed. Yeah, that was one, probably one of the most packed that I've ever seen it. Because uh, they have... I don't know if it's just for that event, but they'll open up like the back patio. And they had like a whole DJ thing back there too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't even guess how many people people there were. Probably over a thousand, I would think. Or around a thousand. Mm, maybe 800. I think collectively, like flowing in and out of the night, I'd say close to 800. Yeah. At one time, they packed that place out to an easy 600 people. Yeah, because they have, like, on the bottom, you got the inside and then the outside patio. Then you also got yeah. the upstairs patio. Yeah, I'd say about 800 people. Yeah. That, yeah, it was, like, almost suffocating. Yeah. How many people were there? Because I remember we, I had hung out with you guys at your rehearsal. I had to come back here because I was getting fucked on my computer it was not oh yeah it was yeah you're doing not, the mangoes podcast right yeah <laughs> it was not fucking working so i was like all right whatever so i came back to this like, okay well i'm gonna make it i mean parking's gonna be a pain but it's gonna be it's gonna be fine i parts like five blocks down and then and then i get up and i was shocked that they were still letting people in yeah I was well we shocked. were worried that it was gonna get rained out yeah because uh i don't know why but some but in Albuquerque, just like for a whole month, every fucking day it rains. 
like yep. around six, seven o'clock. Yep. So luckily for us, it only sprinkled for like 10 minutes, but you said it was like pouring when you were on your way, right? That's what I was worried. That's why I called. Oh yeah, that's right. I yeah. called you. Yeah. Well, cause I had finished up doing what I was doing and it was, yeah, it was like, it was like a monsoon. Like it was just yeah. pouring fucking rain, wind, everything like trash cans were going down the street. Yeah. <laughs> and I was Classic. like, fuck, I think this is okay. Well, I'm, is this even happening? But I'm glad yeah. it still happened. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really great fucking show. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, we played Marble probably the most out of all the venues, and it's like one of our most favorites. Um, but that was the first time that we've ever played to it where it was like that packed, so it was fun. It wasn't our best show, which we were a little sad about. You know, we kind of like give ourselves grades, you know, yeah. so we like, it was like a C- minus show. Why do you say that? Uh, just mess ups, you know, mess ups. It was good energy. You know, great energy throughout the show, but um, whether the crowd could tell it or not, you know, we had a good amount of mess ups and yeah, we've never had a perfect show, which I'm waiting for, really wanting that. I don't know, <laughs> dude. That sister show was pretty kick ass a yeah. couple weeks ago. That one was good. That was a nutty show. That was a probably A minus. I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at Chop Chili Company. Guys, this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico, and they are online as well as in stores. They can be found at Smith's. Alberson Sprouts, John Brooks, and Lowe's Corner Market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here, and they also have frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website, chopchilico.com, and get yourself some amazing chili today. You guys <laughs> opened up a pit in that show, dude. We did, for the first time ever. <laughs> we've, we, we've done pits before, but that was the first time we ever did it for like one of our own original songs. So Yeah. That was sweet, and that's our brand new song that's going to be coming out. It's gonna be, we're really excited is for that, it. Is that this month? That's going to be, yeah, the end of September. Okay. Either end of September or I think it's going to be very beginning of October because we drop it on Mondays. So yeah. it'll probably be like October 2nd or something like that. So let's go back to Marble. Yeah. Why, what, what did you pick out as a front man? What did you pick out that was wrong? Um, well, let's see. And this isn't oh. talking shit, no, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. because I had this conversation with, I think, all of you guys except Johnny after the show. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it all started with, um, and this is, I'm not calling him out at all because he's the most solid out of all of us, I would say, was uh, Nick fucked up like the very first, uh, so we started off the show with our new song, like the intro of our new song, and it starts off kind of like with a big drum fill, Yeah, and normally he nails it, but for some reason that time he kind of like did a little hiccup, and we all like kind of looked back at him, and it just like gave us a little shaky start, you know, to start the whole show. Um, and then just from then on out, it was just kind of little mess ups here and there. Um, I think we all, we all during that show had a good, good, decent amount of mess ups. And there's shows where like only one person messes up or maybe just a few. And that's when it's like a decent show. But that last show, like everyone had a few. So that's why I say it was like, eh. You know, on the, on the positive side though, I was kind of surprised at, cause I, when I walked up is when. You guys had just opened um, Basket Case. Yeah. And, oh, fuck, fucking Mexican beer. <laughs> I know, Jesus it fucking Christ. does it to you. Christ. Um, I was shocked at how many people recognize that song. Yeah. And how many it's people love that song. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. Because, like, with a band like Green Day, because I listen to all their shit, mm -hmm. and I equate, like, their more popular songs to, like, the deep cuts. I, I love it all. So yeah. it's hard for me to, like, because I'm biased, right? It's like how much of it is going to be like crowd love and how much of it's like, oh, I only like it because right. I'm a yeah. fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What are the, yeah, what are the deep cuts? What are the big hits? Yeah. 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 So I was shocked at how many people love that. And even though 
there were bits of it that were messed up. The anthem hit really well too. Yeah, yeah the anthem hit really well. Yeah, that was I was pleasantly surprised. Well, that's the fun thing about like being in this band is that we get to play those kind of covers because like we grew up on all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. like Good Charlotte, uh, you know, Fallout Boy, Linkin Park, all that kind of stuff. And so being able to play those songs now. Like as like I almost imagined myself like as the frontman of that band, you know, because I'm basically doing what they're fucking doing, yeah. you know, and so it's it's just so much fun being able to do that, and then also being able to create our own stuff and seeing the the different reactions and similar reactions, you know, to a big hit song and then one of our own songs. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like the reason why you guys do so well with that type of cover music is because you guys love it so much. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are actually like you grew up on that type of music, you enjoy it. Um, again, I think. As, as, as you grew up as a person, you became a musician. That music kind of grew with you, yeah. so you have a better understanding of it. You have a, you have a new type of love for it. Yeah. Um, and then your music is directly evolving with it. Like you guys are moving away from kind of the like the poppy. Like you still have like the funk. Yeah. In your music, I'm, I've noticed, but you're getting away from like the party style. I don't mm. know how to pronounce or how to describe it properly. Yeah, and it, like you said it before, it's not like. It's just not our our scene a little bit. We will do a little bit more of that stuff. Yeah. Because I mean I know Leroy wants to. Right. Well it's ingrained in who you guys are, yeah. but like I think you guys have a deep down you guys have like a a a better affection for Yeah, well the, that's also definitely the middle ground of the band. Like we all have our different influences and stuff like that, but that's where we all meet up is like that pop punk style. Yeah. We all grew up listening to that. We all know the songs. We all like the songs and then I think that's why it's so easy for us to, you know, make that kind of music is because that's where we can all, you know, relate to each other. Yeah. And you guys do it extremely fucking well. Um, Looking back at a show like Marble Fest, how do you learn from that? Uh, And like mistakes that you like as a front man, mistakes that you yourself might have made. How do you learn from that? And then what do you do in practice to tune that up? Because, again, it wasn't a bad performance. Like yeah. it wasn't like, oh, they <laughs> fucked up. They suck. Right. There shouldn't be no. Like it was a good show. Yeah. Like it was a very good show. And what I was telling um, Toby, I think I told you this as well, but uh, definitely Toby and Nick. When I was like, yeah, you guys made mistakes, but like that was without a doubt, like energy wise, yeah. and um, like stage presence wise, that was one of your best shows. Yeah, I could agree with that. Without like, a fucking yeah. doubt. Even with you dropping the mic. Yeah, yeah you that's played, funny. <laughs> dude, but you played it off very well, and Thanks. you owned it. Yeah. Like, you guys looked very loose, very happy. I told Zach that is the less stressed I've ever seen him on stage. Yeah. Like, he was having a great fucking time. You and Leroy had probably the best synergy that I... Like, that and sister. Yeah. Or neck and neck. Yeah. With, yeah. like, your guys' synergy. Yeah, we're definitely building chemistry between all of us, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's, like... We've learned there's like two parts to the performance, you know, there's like the performing aspects where you, you need to be hype and have that kind of energy and stuff like that. But then the more important part is sounding good, you know, yeah. I guess it depends who you're talking to. But um, like you're saying, like if we get it close enough and then have like a really good energy and like the crowd's loving it, um, then, you know, it kind of rounds up the scores, you know, like sound, you know, instrumentally we had a D, you know, as a show, but energy was a B plus. So you round it out round a C, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we obviously want to get it to where we're very, very tight musically. And then, you know, our energy and animation, all that just adds to the show. What is, what has your vocal lessons been like recently? 
because I've told you this in in person, man. Like yeah. your singing ability is it's getting exponentially better. Oh, thank you, thank like, you. Like seriously, and, <laughs> I, and like there's older. I forget what fucking song it was you guys did on Marvel, but you're singing your old stuff differently. Mm. You're singing it better, like just flat out. You're singing it better than you used to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what what are you doing during your vocal lessons? And is it still with Josie? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Josie. Yeah, we meet with her like every, probably like once every three weeks. Um, we do like warm ups for like 20 minutes. Um, and then usually we'll just like go over like our songs or go over just, we'll, we'll get like one to two songs where we're like, all right, yeah, we want to focus on these. These are the parts where we're, we're not necessarily struggling, but we want to make sure that, you know, we have them down. And so she, she just breaks it down and gives us different like perspectives of like how to look at it like the way you're saying it so like sometimes she'll uh, like for our louder notes she'll say like imagine you're like uh projecting to like a like a football field or like to a football arena kind of thing so you got to kind of like scream it instead of like having your voice just like come from like your mouth area you know you want to do like full voice and like kind of not scream it but just you'll you just feel the difference you know and so she's been able to kind of just pinpoint that kind of stuff for us. Are you like consciously moving a, like a set of muscles in your throat? Are you like your air manipulation is different? Like what are you doing to when you feel the difference? What's happening when you're pushing it out that far? Because um, you gotta you gotta you gotta understand like just like me, ninety yeah. percent <laughs> of people that like listen to how do people how people sing and stuff like that like yeah i could do that i do that in my car yeah you know they do the carpool karaoke all they fucking want but like the actual mechanics of sounding good and like projecting like what's the what's the difference in that um it's it's really mental you know what i mean like like i i was saying like you're very aware of like if you're projecting out through just your mouth or like uh josie's taught us to like sing almost through our nose you know it's like um you do this thing like a nah and the kind of thing and it like gets you to like to to where it sounds like most of your vocals are coming through like your nose area and so for like belting instead of going like full voice belting you know you can just kind of do it through your nose area and it sounds very similar but you're not working half as hard like my chemical romance Young boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean yeah you could like just sing different you can sing the same part just different ways and you're just like working a little you know harder or not as hard so just finding yeah just different tips and stuff like that has been really helpful so it sounds like you're just letting a lot more airflow go through and that's carrying the notes rather than actually pushing it out yourself yeah and breath control too that's been uh i haven't really had a whole lot of like trouble with like holding out notes but like finishing notes has been like something that she's brought to my attention now it's just because like if you're not finishing it sounds like you're running out of breath you mm. know even if i'm not just putting a clear stop to it exactly yeah and just kind of finishing through interesting yeah. yeah you're the power behind what you're doing on stage has improved drastically Thank and you. again because of the music that i listen to and the things that i'm that i'm into uh you're starting to scream a little bit yeah <laughs> it, makes, it makes my heart happy yeah yeah it, I, I have a lot of respect for those screamo singers dude i don't know how they do it i don't either yeah because a lot of them have like very soft yeah. so I'm like, hey yeah my, my, i'm the lead singer of killing babies yeah. and <laughs> torching forests and this <laughs> is and this is death to mankind <laughs> you know what i mean like how the fuck 
Yeah. Do you do? Like, there's this band that I saw. Um, and it's a, I saw them like earlier this year. Their lead singer is um, this little blonde girl with a bob cut. Um, look, I, th- I think they're called Dying Fetus. Pull them up. <laughs> nice. I think that's the, I think that's their name. Is is Dying? What's up? Oh yeah, it, it'll pop back on. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Um, so real quick, what's the deal with like metal and like the crazy names? Is that a? So, dude, I don't know. I just think because it's. I think it's, for me, it's cool. It. Is, I agree. I just and think. I, it's I think it's cool, cool that it's like across the whole scene. Like everyone yeah. understands you have. You need to have like, like a, a fucked up name. Fucking name. And the the worse it is, the better. Yeah. You know? Like I don't, I don't know what it is. And again, I just think it's. I think the whole point. I'm sure there's someone who like knows. Oh yeah. The like history. Well. Actually, okay. When he's look up Dying Fetus front front like lead singer or whatever, I, I think it's them. Um, it, it, I just know their name has something to do with the baby. I just I, I, that know. sounds right. Would yeah. you say Dying Fetus? Yeah, but I know there's that band, but there's like another one. But anyway, um, so there was a band in the '90s, and they were called Mayhem. It's not them. No, but this is like an old. Yeah, I forget the it'll it'll come back to me later. But anyway, so look up a band called Mayhem. Uh look have, up have, May- you, have you seen their movie? Uh-huh. The movie about Mayhem? About the singer? Well, it's about the band. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the singer it's like he's like the main guy about it, but No, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, fuck, what's it called? Um Fuck, what's it called? But look, it's a it's about that. Go to go. Yeah, look up look up Mayhem uncensored album cover. Because I think I, if if I were to pinpoint, I don't know shit about like the history of the music or anything like that. But I had to pinpoint where all the craziness of like violence and like keeping like the 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 shock counterculture aspect. It's from that band because yeah. you know about the album art, right? With the dead singer yeah, on it, where yeah. he blew his head off with the shotgun. That's in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So look up what the movie is called, real quick. Or well, after you're doing whatever you're doing. You're the only one who got that right so far. I think not got it right, but I think he's the one who did the transitions the best. Because this thing's a bitch. Him. Because oh. we had him produce one episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a bitch dragging it over. Um, yeah. So. Because was it Mayhem or was it Death? Yeah. It's that one right there. Yeah. Yep. There it is. So for everyone listening or watching on YouTube. So that album cover, if you can like open it a new tab. Uh. That album cover. Um, yeah, just yeah, leave it like that. Go. Yeah, so that album cover is the lead singer after he committed suicide. Yeah, that's real. And yeah, it's a real picture of like that's what it looked like when he died. Yeah, that's like when they found him. And so they took a picture of it before they called the cops, and they had already had the album done. Yeah. And so they printed it self-labeled or whatever self self-distro with that. I definitely just got a fucking community warning on YouTube, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I I would if I had to imagine, if maybe not where it started, where it got solidified, like in that scene, yeah, it had to have started there. That's look, what that's what makes makes sense. Anyway, look, yeah, look, look at what movie. the movie is called real quick. I I didn't but, know they had a movie. Yeah, so the movie, if dude, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, I had to take a break. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, it starts out town, their whole story, whatever. I think they're from Sweden or something like that. Nor Norway, something like that. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, they're just like super fucked up. Um, they like start with like burning down churches. That's like how they like try to start getting their attention and stuff like that. Burn down, I don't know, five, six churches. And then it becomes like a thing. Like their like followers like start doing that. And uh, yeah, Lords of Chaos. There you go. Yeah, super fucked up. Dude, the lead singer, the one who killed himself, um, wild dude. It, before like shows, he would like get like a dead uh, like crow or something like that and put it in like a bag and just like inhale it. Oh, for, like, I've, heard, I've read about minutes. that. Yeah. He just like wanted to smell death or some shit. I think he said. Jesus and uh, I wonder, do they, do you think they care if I ruin the movie? No. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's anyway, also, it's also history. So true. Yeah, but they show everything. Like when when he like kills himself, it's brutal. So he like gets. I think he gets a knife. Gets a knife, slices his fucking wrist like long ways, slices his throat, grabs a shotgun, shoots himself. It's fucking brutal. And I don't know how he does it, because if that's even how like it happened, because I don't know how you can slice your wrist, then slice your throat, and then fucking shoot yourself. That's brutal. Damn. But <laughs> if that is how it happened, um, then they came in, found him, uh, took a picture, a little selfie, you know, for yeah. the album camera, or for the album cover. And then uh, it fucking ends with the guitarist tracking down the lead singer and stabbing him to death, like in a stairway thing. And then that's how it, di- that's how it ends. The, a new lead singer that they hired? Um, not lead singer. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the bass guy. Whoever the, the main guy is right there. So he gets stabbed to death at the end of the movie. Oh, I think he's a bass player. Oh, so they just motherfuckers die at the end. Oh, Jesus yeah. Jesus Christ. It's a brutal movie, dude. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone who can't like take shit. I don't, know, I don't want to watch that fucking movie. Yeah, I have no idea what movie about. Holy but shit. I don't know if that's how all the like crazy names started. Well, I mean, I would imagine it's where like that again, like that counterculture and the right the the mood, the tone, the shock value of that continued. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it's just like a marketing thing. Like we were even talking about how like the Slums of Harvard could do a death metal style shirt. Yeah, yeah. Remember we were talking about that with no, like yeah. the uh, with like the spiky like whatever, just because it would sell exactly. Like yeah. it would sell really well because people in the mainstream like that style mm-hmm. of um, not font, but the stylization of their bands now. Yeah. And also, that, I think it's so funny how metal names like you just can't read it, mm-hmm. whatever font that is. Like they just try to make it as illegible as possible. Yeah, and it. Um, I don't, so yeah, yeah, I just think it's fucking hilarious. Um, anyway, back because we were talking, this is all started because we were talking about screaming. Oh yeah. Um, talk about chemistry with you and Leroy. Um, I noticed that he belted out a little scream as well. Oh yeah, yeah. In and the new song, like you, you guys are moving towards that style, and I again, I'm biased, <laughs> but I'm your friend, so I got to say something. Keep it up. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever do anything up. like script. Like oh, that's no, I'm what not ex- we'll do. Oh yeah, no, you know? I'm not expecting like anything nuts. Yeah, but like owning the like Lincoln Park right, right. type style of thing, mm-hmm. it fits well with y'all's genre. Nice, yeah, and we know you'll make Nick happy doing it. Yeah. so <laughs> that's the main thing. We just got to keep Nick happy. <laughs> if he's ever mad, we're like, oh no, that's fucking hilarious. But yeah, yeah dude. Um, yeah, dude. Me and me and Leroy have have definitely. Gotten a lot of chemistry. The other day, he was actually showing us. I think he was showing me videos of the sisters show, and just like how we like we were jumping at the same time, we were doing like the same hand movements, uh, just like doing shit at the same time without even like planning it, just from doing it enough times. You know, just classic chemistry building. And uh, I mean, it's not just with us. You know, it's like with everyone in the band. We're all just getting more comfortable. What are you doing on your own? 
to practice, like to help manipulate, like, like we're talking about like breath movement. We're talking about like the muscles in your throat. Like, what are you doing on your own? Um, I mean, just singing in the car. You yeah. know, just like just throw <laughs> on a song and make sure I can hit notes and stuff like that. It's more on like recovery is what I do because like I fuck up my voice all the time, especially like this last weekend because we were uh, we did the news on Friday. And then we had a show that night, and then we had a show the night after that. And so Sunday, my voice was pretty fucked. And so I just need to basically just recover it well. And that's just tea and honey is kind of what I do. How was that? How was being – y'all look good in the news, dude. It was fun. You know, it was uh, our first, like, TV appearance. Did they so approach we were, you, or did you approach them? Uh, yeah, I think they hit us up. That's sick. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Had to get up early. It was definitely the earliest, like, I've had to sing. <laughs> So I was a little nervous about that, but it was it was good, you know. We uh, we were only there for well, we got there at seven, did a sound check around like like seven thirty, and then did nothing for like two hours. So we went to go get some mimosas, and then uh, and then they called us back at like nine thirty. We did the the song for like four minutes, and then we were out of there. So it was easy. So you, so you showed up, did sound check, went and got fucked up, came back. Yeah, dude. I mean, we that's what we do. You know, we like we like to we like to have drinks, you know, in any kind of downtime. We we do live up to the name a little bit of of getting slummy, you know, the sons yeah. of Harvard. You know, we're we like to have fun. I was surprised to see you guys do I didn't even know Chiba Hut did fucking live stuff. But I was like, damn, music and a sandwich, let's fucking go. And then I show up to the damn sandwich shop and I can't order a fucking sandwich. Yeah. That was depressing as shit, man. Yeah, I uh I don't know if they've done that event before or not. Uh, but we we knew like what it was gonna be. It was gonna be like we were getting paid for it. They didn't have a stage, no like sound, so we were gonna have to bring our own stuff. We've done that before, and we know like what kind of show that it ends up being. Yeah. So we weren't like really surprised at the uh, you know turn of or how it went. Again, like we didn't feel too good about that show, but hey, we got paid for it. So. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was a fun little gig, dude, and and it was practice for Marble Set, even yeah. though it didn't. Yeah, know. for real. Yeah. Oh, but you you asked a question earlier um, about like, I guess what I notice as to, or what we need to do to yeah. like get better as far as you know if I didn't like that last show or whatever. Um, and that last show, it just comes down to practice. We weren't practicing enough. Um, you know, we, normally we would like to run through a set like three to four times before the actual show. We only did it like twice. Um, so yeah, I mean, due to time, like yeah. Yeah, and so, like, that's just what it comes down to is just practicing, you know, because, and, like, the ones that we messed up on were our new covers, so, like, we just haven't had a whole lot of time to practice those ones. Do you, how do I word this? Like, so, when you guys, because you guys do, like, we just established, you guys do covers that you know very well and you love, and you're all practicing on your own, is there a bit of, like, sometimes, do, do you think there could be a bit of overconfidence when you're doing that in a practice? Like, oh, wait, we we know this song, we fucking nailed it, okay. Yeah, we're good. Let's go kill like it. Like in terms of after we've played it, or oh uh, no, after like a practice. Oh, gotcha. They go we practice like once or twice. Like yeah, we all know this song. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like because I mean you've been to a few practices. Like sometimes, like most of the time at practice we were nailing it, you know. And then when we got to the show, just I don't know what happened, you know, yeah. just shit happened. But um, yeah, I mean, just practice is is a big part of what we need to do to get ready for shows and stuff. Was this always the way you saw your life going, as being performer? No, I I just I never knew what I was gonna do honestly. Like in college, I was always undecided. I like started off mechanical engineering, went under. I took like half a half a semester of mechanical engineering. Kept falling asleep in my three o'clock class, 
Because it was bad. Because like at UNM, Tuesday and Thursday classes, they're like, what, an hour, an hour and a half, half or something yeah. like that. And I booked super boring class at like 3 p.m. right after lunch. And it was like a super dark like auditorium. Ugh. Every fucking day falling asleep. And I was like, I'm going to fail just because I can't stay awake in this class. And, uh, and remember, so, Do you remember uh, what class it was? It was one of the very first engineering classes. Like intro, you take. To, <laughs> intro to yeah. engineering. It was, it was funny. It was one of those classes to where they like the first day they're like, look to your left. Look to your right. Only one of you guys are going to be here by the time the end of the semester happens. And I was like, well, I'm not one of those guys. Sparks up a joint in class, but it ain't me, fucker. Yep. And then so I went undecided for a bit, then went to architecture. Didn't do anything with that. Um, Why architecture? No idea. I mean, it was kind of similar to engineering. For some reason, I wanted to do something engineering kind of. Well, I didn't want to. It was just like something that I would rather do, I guess. And then. um, Based on. Uh, I guess just, uh, I took like some engineering classes in high school and I was good at it. It was basically just being good at it and it had good money. You just want to do something physical, that type of shit? Yeah. Yeah. Good money kind of thing. And yeah, just kind of happy with it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and then music kind of came out of, I mean, I always loved music and I was always, I always loved singing, but I never like saw myself as like actually doing it. You know, it's kind of, it's just too far out there to really think that I could do it, you know? Like a pipe dream. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's funny about stuff. Like, like, I think really anything in, like, the, like, I hate calling it that, like, but the performing arts. Yeah. Right? It's like, well, how do I do it? What am I supposed to do? And especially with music, it's like, well, like, I feel for the fucking musicians who start out on their own. It's yeah. like just them and a guitar or something. She's like, how? Especially today. How fucking far are you going to get like that? Exactly, yeah. You know, like, for real. You yeah. know, like, 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 let's be honest. It's tough. You need other people. You need a full band. Well, if you're going to go that route, you, you have to do, like, social media. Like, you have to just, like, try to blow Crush up it. through social media. Like that fucking, what's his name, that Oliver Anthony guy? Yeah, The dude. Richmond, North of I Richmond. I love that song. How much has his life changed in the last month? He was just on the Rogan show. I was like, holy shit. Well, I was at... um. Fuck, where was I? I was, it was Tuesday night. I was at uh, Sunshine watching, um, because Bless the Fall came through. And they fucking crushed. But I was there, and during the, like, a, like the second band was, was changing or whatever. And I'm scrolling through Instagram, and I followed the fucking Mexican beer, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I follow the comedy mothership. Oh, yeah. And Tom Segura was up. And he goes, hey, this is something really cool. Uh, a special guest for you, uh, Oliver Anthony. And he fucking came out at the mothership. And did he play? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, they didn't put the actual like performance on the Instagram, but they had right. Segura bringing out Oliver Anthony. That's sick. And then, yeah, the next day he's on Rogan. Yeah, dude. That, that dude's life changed overnight. Yeah. That's wild. But that's like, what? Literally one in a million? Two million even? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and that's that's a crazy thing is like... The only reason that that happened is because of how good that song is. You know what I mean? Mm, I think there's more to it. There's a, well, as far as what? I think, well, because he was already working with uh, whatever company it was that had came out, because he had already been talking to this, uh, like, whatever page originally put him out. Right. Right. Yeah, he, had already, like... he had been working with that, with that like, production company. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, cool. And I don't know. I just, I get skeptical of the overnight successes because there's always something more behind it. See if it's all just all planned. Yeah. Like a bigger plan. Well, we don't know about it right now, Yeah, but like, so for instance, 
uh, people thought the same thing about Billie Eilish. Yeah. And her brother, um, with an F, Phineas, mm. right? That it was, oh, yeah, they were just, you know, these two siblings that were just playing music. And one day, like, that song on SoundCloud finally blew up. Right. No, in her reality, <laughs> what actually happened was their parents are in the industry. Yeah. They knew some really good production people, and they knew a couple of lawyers. And yeah. they were like, "Hey, my daughter and her, our our kids yeah. are releasing this song on SoundCloud. Work your magic. It blew up. They got signed. Like, come on, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I guess I guess come we on. live on the hope that you could just write a good song and then just." <laughs> Boom, people realize it, and your life changes. I don't know if that happens anymore. But. Well, I think it happens. It's just different now. I think yeah. it happens with TikTok and your song becoming a trend. Yeah, that's weird. TikTok messed up music a little bit because, I mean, just like, because you're trying to get that, what, 15 seconds? Well, TikTok can go on for whatever, but you're only having like 15 seconds. You're in the people. pocket for 15 to 30 seconds. Exactly. So if you could find a catchy song to you know put in that 15 seconds and it's like a good video, people are going to love that song. Even if it's not like a very good song, even if it's just like a little you know section of it, people yeah. are going to go find it, and that's going to get all these fucking streams. Well, the perfect example of that is Toby's sister. Yeah, with Lizzo. Yeah, with that fucking... Do you, do you know this story? So Toby, his sister is this like TikTok... What are they? Like star? Dancer. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok dancer, TikTok yeah. thing. Yeah. Right? She's, she's the girl that TikTok. She's, she's TikTok famous. That is literally her job. Is to yeah. TikTok. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally her fucking thing, right? And so what happened is that now, granted, I I, I don't want to just completely shit on someone like that because she's actually a, like a good dancer. She's been oh, yeah. dancing for over a decade now. Like that's like 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 trained dancer shit, right? But TikTok happened and it just kind of flew together. Anyway, so there is this Lizzo song that was uh so like. I remember watching an interview with uh, um, like the music producer or some shit where he was like, yeah, we like engineered this song to be a hit, to right. hit the top of the billboards, to play on the radio. Like we, en- we literally engineered this song to be famous. Right. Just analyzed what works. And it didn't happen. And it died. Like, I think it, it premiered. Look up, look up uh, Lizzo um, about damn time. Uh, premiere billboard. Who did the video on it? Because someone like someone broke it down. They were like, "Yeah, this song wasn't going to be successful." And then this girl Jaden. I don't know, but I saw it on Jaden's yeah. Instagram. Yeah, and it was basically yeah, like she saved the song. Yeah, because she created that dance look and at, got the song going. Yeah, look at where that premiered on Billboard. Because that's exactly what yeah. Nev just Wait, said. I'm sorry, what? So look look at where About Damn Time premiered on the Billboard. Oh, okay. Because it died, and then it. It didn't do anything for like four weeks, right? right. Four or five weeks. And yep. then she did a TikTok video to it, danced, didn't even dance to like the chorus, right? right. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Is danced she, to like the bridge? It was, I think it's to the second start of the second verse or the first, the start of the second verse. Yeah. And so that's another point is like people have like such a short, um, you know, like uh, attention span that they don't listen to more than 30 seconds of a song if right. they don't like it, you know? And so they found out that if you would have listened a minute, a minute and a half, you would have gotten to that part to where everyone fucking loves it, you know? Yeah. It's just, I don't know, shit like that. So any about, about TikTok, I think having a song like 
in general go viral like that, make it like it becomes a trend or it becomes a sound, right? It premiered at 50. Oh, my God. On the charts? <laughs> I was getting it. I was getting it, and it fucking... Okay. Uh, bu- 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 okay, so about damn time released. Uh, okay. It was 139th on the 100 spot. Yeah, bu- bu- yeah it debuted at number 50. Oh. Yeah. With okay, yeah, and then you scroll down to see if it even says anything about um about Jaden or like about a TikTok star or some shit, because that's where that's that's the only reason that song became famous. Yeah, no, 100%. and and she and and to be fair, like James Corden's stupid ass and Lizzo came out and like did a video with her for his show or whatever, but like. She effectively helped maintain one of the biggest pop star ever's career right oh, yeah. now. I, I, I would love to know if she saw more than twenty bucks for it. And that song was everywhere after that. Yes, like it was everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. TikTok has some power, bro. Yeah. So anyway, I I don't know that overnight successes are a thing. I think it's, I, it's like again with her, if she ends up making it to be like a big whatever i don't and that's the weird thing about tiktok too is we don't know what that becomes like where like if they make a career out of it well if, it, if they make a career sure but like where does that go like what what's like like because tiktok to me isn't an end goal it's a right. it's, it's a, a starter tool, yeah right it's a it's a it's a giant collection of stepping stones yeah and you'll see like tiktok stars go off and be have like they'll have like small parts in movies like this one guy it's i forget this guy's name is this is black like tiktok dancer dude he went and he's been in a couple like he was in uh uh greenland with jar butler oh, yeah. if you ever seen that mm-hmm. uh he was the guy remember when they get trapped on the truck and, and like jar butler and a couple of the guys the younger black guy he's a tiktok star okay yeah and so like he'll be in a couple of movies or like obviously like with the air the vine era the paul brothers are still big but then also they had disney channel yeah, well, right. with with Vine, also uh, Kane Brown, Sean Mendez, uh, Jimmy Tatro. I, I mean, didn't know that. Yeah, oh, they shit. all they all started with Vine. Okay, just just from like singing covers and stuff. So, but but then with TikTok, it's like I I really feel that is a again stepping stones, right? Oh like, yeah. Where does sure. it where does it lead to? We don't mm. we don't we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. And so whatever she ends up becoming, if it's something big, I feel like that's what. She end up calling back to. Yeah. It's like I wasn't an overnight success. I had this. I had that. I had right. all these things that were leading up. Like and again, even with like stand up comedy, right? TikTok. You, I mean, that's how Matt Rife blew up. Yeah, yeah. He used TikTok because yeah, he had his bit on that MTV show. Also, is he just getting views because he's a good looking dude? No, that's a big part of it. Yeah. He's, he's a handsome <laughs> motherfucker. That he's is a part of six pack every every picture. Well, dude, you he, have to. I would do the same thing. I would do the same fuck. If I still had my six pack, I'd be doing the. Dip. Cheers to that, because yeah. I would be doing the same exact thing if yeah. I still had my six-pack, but I don't. Um, that went away real quick. <laughs> um, but I've, cause I've had friends that have seen him live, mm. and they're like, yeah, his actual material, it's okay. Yeah, I've watched his stand-ups. He's funny. But no, his crowd work uh-huh. is hilarious. Like yeah. His crowd work is fucking on point, because he's just a charismatic guy. And now he's gotten to a point... Where like he knows, he knows what his niche is, 
and he hammers it hard. Right. And he knows that at every show he goes to, there's going to be stupidly attractive women. That's awesome. And for whatever <laughs> reason, when these stupidly attractive women look at Matt Reif, they lose like half their brain cells. So they're like Scottie Pippen <laughs> laying up a ball to Michael Jordan, and he just dunks it in yep. every time. Like, uh, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll love this. Samantha Eichert, a mutual friend of ours that now lives in Austin, she frequents the mothership, and every time I see it on her story, I want to reach through my phone and choke her lovingly. I love Sam. I love you to death. She watches the podcast. I love her to death. But I text her. I'm like, I'm fucking jealous of you, and you can go fuck her. You and your sister can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Because, well, she went to the mothership because they did Joe Rogan and Friends, right, just like a showcase, and that was the first time Matt Reif dropped in. Mm. And apparently he fucking killed Really? Yeah, he just like <laughs> he just fucking killed. Yeah, and that's what. And so those tickets. This is what. I, this is a. This is just me getting mad. Okay, because those tickets are like forty to fifty bucks. They're not like expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not fucking expensive. Their lineup was obviously Rogan, Matt Reif, Ron White, Tony Hinchcliffe, <sighs> Brian Simpson, and then I think David Lucas popped in. Oh, dude. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Albuquerque, bro. Bucks, dude, dude yeah. that's insane. Dude, and then, Ron White would be so crazy to see. And tickets for Kill Tony are twenty five dollars. Damn. Yeah, dude. Austin has it. We got to go to Austin. That's that's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That is that is what I've been saying. That's what I'm doing, yeah. dude. I was gonna do it in February of this upcoming year, but my finances are fucked. Yeah. So that's why I'm sticking around for another year. Get my shit together. I'm splitting because I just fucking can't. Bigger things, man. Yeah, but. Anyway, what I originally asked you, so you went through college, and you went from mechanical engineering, you go to architecture. What made you step away from that? Uh, just never found out what I wanted to do. Uh, I ended up doing, uh, like, EMS. I got, like, my basic certificate or whatever, so I could, like, because uh, I wanted to do firefighting, I guess. That was, like, the end goal since I couldn't figure out, like, what I wanted to do, you know? So I was like, I'll be a firefighter, make decent money. You know, usually they have two jobs, so I'll, like, still do what I do with, you know, at my dad's shop doing metal work and shit. And then, uh, you know. Thank you again for the sign. Yeah. That is behind (laughs) me. You did an amazing job. Yeah, no problem. Love it. Um, But, yeah, and then uh, just kind of settled on that, and I just never did anything. Well, I did try to do fire department. Um, Did, uh, you know, I got through the uh, process, went to the interviews or whatever, but usually it takes, like, a couple times to, uh, you know, get into the department. And... I think I just realized that I didn't want to, like, see all the shit that they see, you know, because I was, like, I wasn't totally worried about getting PTSD, but I figured it's going to happen. You know, it's, like, it's just something that, you know, it's just, it's a it's a matter of time before you're dreaming about it, and you can't control your dreams, you know, so I just didn't want to put myself in that situation, so I just, like, went a different route, and... Um, Do you find yourself, like, not to get all, like, you know, like not fruity, but like all like all in touch with yourself. But do you find yourself like thinking about that? Like, how do I protect my mind? How do I? I know what I like. I know what I enjoy. Um, how do I preserve that? Um, yeah, in a way, but I'm also very open to like new experiences because that's how you grow. You know. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like, if you do the same shit every day, you're just gonna. You're going to do the same shit when you're like, you're going to wake up at like 67 and you're just going to be in your room doing the same shit, you know? <laughs> and sorry, you just called stoicism fruity. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be fruity. 
<laughs> Why don't you have a mic? What the fuck? <laughs> Grab that mic to your left. And, Nevin, can you hand him the mic down there? Yes, sir. <laughs> Just put it right here. It'll fit right there. Then move the keyboard Sweet. and... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is man, but <laughs> yeah, it's on. I think it's on. Okay. Is it sure? Yeah, it's on. <laughs> uh, but I mean, not like not so much in terms of like uh, no, you know, not like in the way that you're just protecting yourself from life. Yeah, but that's a hard line to draw for yourself, right? Because a lot of guys that look into like public service in general, right? Whether it's firefighters, police uh, officer, military, army, yeah, exactly. like you. I mean, you obviously like, especially today, we do hear about it with PTSD happening with people in those fields. Ninety-five percent of guys look that look into that. They're like, nah, fuck it. I'll yeah. I'll deal with it. Either I'll deal with it when it comes, or it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. So is that like an actual conversation you have with yourself, where it's like, well, I want to do this job. But maybe I do, I even I haven't done it yet. But I don't love the idea of it enough to potentially risk a part of my mind. Yeah, I mean definitely. Uh, and then also part of it was like while we're in school training. I mean, there was like probably three or four times during the semester where we had to have like a like a day where we like dedicating uh, not like a memorial kind of thing, but to like a firefighter who killed himself. Or like someone who like killed himself while in duty kind of thing. And uh, it was just so often. And like there's so many stories of like, you know, they were like, fine. And then they drove off into the Mesa and they like shot themselves. Or, like, they did some carbon monoxide poisoning or some shit like that. And it's just, uh, it just seemed like what they were saying is like, it's a matter of time. You know, it's not like it's going to happen, you know, because if you're doing this job, you're, you're just going to see some crazy shit. And uh, you don't really have total control of your memory, and uh, and that's hard, you know, when you when you can't control your uh, you know your emotions, or um, yeah, I guess just just not being able to control your thoughts as much has got to be crazy. And I just never wanted to put myself in that position. I mean, that's fair. And I think I think that's something a lot of especially guys, right? A lot of guys won't say out loud, yeah, because. 15 years ago, that's perceived as weak. Right. You're not, you know, you're up, to, you're not up to snuff. You're not willing to serve. You're not willing to sack all that type yeah. of shit. You know, it's yeah. Like, and, and part of it, like, I, sometimes I'd be like, I want to see that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, and part of it, so I watched, uh, like, war movies have a lot to do with that, you know? I'll watch, like, Hacksaw Ridge or Saving Private Ryan. It gets me, like, hyped up a little bit. Like, yeah, I could see all this gore. I could see a dude get blown up and, like, it wouldn't affect me. But it's like, yeah, that's in the moment. You know, what about 20 years from now? Yeah, about- but that's also like, I've, I've become very critical of our government over the last, especially over the last three years since COVID happened. But over the last like five to eight years, that seed just got planted. I don't, I can't tell you when, and I can't tell you why, but I just went, hey, wait a minute. This doesn't all chalk up right. Oh, yeah. And looking back on just the post 9-11 era that we've grown up in, like, I call us the Call of Duty generation. Oh, yeah. Like, I would love to see an alternate world. For real. I would love to see an alternate world where everything happens the same, but Call of Duty's not a thing. Hmm. Like, not even, like, first-person like any shooter. any movies or just No, Call of Duty? no, specifically Call of Duty. Okay. Like, that video game franchise never exists. Because, like, look up when... Modern, the first Modern Warfare came out. 
that was like 2007, I want to say. So that's right before the second major push into I no. Yeah, that's a little bit before, about a year and a half, two years before the second major push into Iraq. Because in 08 is when Obama, um, I think it was 2008, where he like downsized. No, that must have been 2010 or some shit when he did that because the Bush term ended in 08. Um, but either way, it was still during the height of like of getting into the Middle East. Right. Like that's still in the thick of it, right? And so, you have kids like because 2004. What was Call of Duty? The original Call of Duty came out in 2004. Right, but Modern Warfare. Like Modern Warfare. Like the very first Modern Warfare. 2008. Okay, so that's right at the end of the Bush administration. So. I I really do think that that had a direct impact psychologically on the male generation, like all, but really all of us, because most of the guys our age grew up doing that. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, Call of Duty's fucking sick. I want to go do. I mean, that's how they got me. Right. Yeah, it like, looks like, cool. Like <laughs> when I got my first smartphone, I figured out how to download the little like from Modern Warfare Two. Where like you start up a multiplayer match and he goes, Rangers lead the way. I downloaded that as my fucking little text tone. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna you be know? a ranger. Yeah, I'm gonna do the thing. And so I really think that like a lot of us got pushed into that. Where it was yeah. like, Yeah, I can do that and I can handle what this video game is showing me. When in reality, most guys can't. You know what? I think smell is crazy. I was just about to say that. I was the I was the same way you were, kind of still am, but like, oh, I can do that. I can fucking go gung-ho into whatever the fuck. And then the first time I had that call where it was actually really bloody, like, yeah, you can handle the side of it, but smell, bro. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah, I get, the smell I of blood is crazy. I can't get the smell out of my nose. Like, it's forever there. So I can deal with the smell of blood and guts and all that and stuff. shit and puke. No, 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 no. My thing is shit. I can't do it. I felt, lot. dude, I felt so bad. Because I used to work in the caregiving industry as a manager, right? And every now and again, I'd have to fill in. When a caregiver called off, couldn't come in, got sick, yada, yada, quit. Most of the time, quit. I felt so bad. We had, uh, and this was at a company that was a private pay. So I, I used to work for a state-funded company, but one of them I worked for was private pay. And we had a lady... She was maybe 41 years old, full MS, mm. neck down paralyzed, like horribly fucking like horrible deck of cards, just or hand of cards, right? Just life really fucked her. And then um, her husband worked in uh, the like, like not. Not Los Alamos. Worked at Sandia Labs. And he was doing like nuclear shit, right? So he was gone 10 to 12 hours a day. And mind you, this is nothing that she was telling me. This is shit that like her case manager was telling me, right? So she was, or the, the husband was gone for working 10 to 12 hours a day. But then would go to the bars after. May or may not have been cheating. It's a real fucking dirtbag. Yeah. And then he'd get home and just fucking not deal with it. Neglect. Right? Not deal with her. Hardly interact with her. But 
the dude made so much fucking money that he would because the company I worked for is not cheap, dude, and he paid for twenty four hour care, and at times if needed, two caregivers on site at once, mm-hmm. just because he had the fucking money, and he was like, I would rather throw money at the problem than I would take care of my wife. Oh fuck! <laughs> really fucked up, dude. Yeah. Now I find all this information after I tell you what happened. So I get, I'm at work. I mean, it's a Friday. I'm working in the office and we had someone call out and it was, it was a really specially shitty day because we had a bunch of call outs. Two managers already gone. And I was like, fuck, God, if one more person calls out, it's my turn. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. And sure enough, right? I was like, okay, fuck. So I roll up and yeah, thinking about it makes my... <laughs> so I roll up, and she's in bed because no one showed up, and we didn't know because the caregiver had literally lied about showing oh, up. Fuck. Like, they showed up because you... Because you, uh, with that company, you you uh, clock in on your phone geographically. Okay. They had clocked in, like, in the front porch and just left. So fucked up, right? Fuck those guys. Like, so fucked up. So we get a call at like 11.30 in the morning, and this poor lady is like, because she she would always keep, um, like she had an Alexa that she had hooked up to her phone or some shit like that, and then she would have like an AirPod in or some shit. So she would always have like Alexa or Siri to do the voice commands. And so she was like, hey, uh, sweet, sweet lady, dude. They always are. Yeah, they always are. <laughs> And they're and, and they're no, like they're <laughs> no, no, they're not. Really, no, they're normally always. not. <laughs> but she's like, hey, uh, I just want to let you guys know that my my caregiver has shown up. And she's telling us two and a half hours after the fact. Oh fuck. Yeah. So it was like motherfucker, dude. Okay, okay. So I go. I show up. She's in bed, and she's filled her adult diaper. I was not prepared. Like, I'd smelt shit before. Like, I've been working in the industry for about two years. Yeah. Year and a half, two years. I, I, I know what the smell is. So, I, like, prepared. And, I, and, and so, I was like, all right. I fucking, I, I had, I had, because it was still COVID regulations. So, I had a mask on. I double masked. Not for COVID, obviously. <laughs> but I double masked. Put my fucking gloves on. And as I removed the first, the comforter, I was like, oh, fuck. So, I, like, went like that, you know. And then I go in. And as I, like, hoist her up to do it, the smell fucking hits me. And I felt so bad. And thank God she had a pad under her. Because I, like, put her down. And I was like, give me a second. And I went. She's like, no, it's okay. (laughs) I went to the bathroom. And I, like, held in my puke. Because it was so bad. Like, thinking about it right now makes me sick. Because it was, like, (laughs) easily four pounds dude oh my god dude it was so bad it was so so yeah you're right smell is a crazy thing son yeah Yeah, it definitely is smell (laughs) is a crazy fucking thing yeah yeah uh i mean you'll have to talk to zach about some of that stuff oh i'm going to way more experience (laughs) oh i'm going to i'm very excited to get zach in here um because he's part afr right uh, he's Burn Leo. Oh, he's Burn Co. That's right. With it's like uh, C team. Just, <laughs> C team. just like get paid more or no? No. Oh. Just like uh, Jake is, huh? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. So you end up getting your your basic EMT oh, yeah. or EMS <laughs> license. Yeah. Um. You you decide not not move in with it. 
or move forward with it rather. Yeah. What year is that? Uh, it's like 2018, I think. Okay. 2017, probably. Because then after that, that's when me and Johnny went to Australia. Because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. So we were like, might as well fuck off a little bit. And then... Um, yeah, okay. So what? So how long did you and Johnny known each other before Australia happened? Um, like a year, maybe. Maybe. Because uh, I lived at Lobo V for a little bit. And uh, they would just like come to my place during classes. Or like when classes wasn't happening and shit like that. And they would just like come and smoke and drink and stuff like that. And I didn't know Johnny at the time. But we were just like mutual friends. And so he'd bring he'd come over with Nate and Willie and some of our other guys. And then, um, I don't know how it happened, but we started talking about, like, studying abroad and, like, where we'd want to go and stuff like that. And then we agreed on Australia, and we just fucking did it, you know? Like, we were, like, we weren't sure because we got cold feet, like, eight times. We were, like, nah, we're not going to do it. Because it, you have to pay, like, $500 before you even go. Like, yeah. through application fees, all this other stuff. And Are so, you working at this point? Do you, like, do you have a, Yeah, yeah, I was I was working at the same place I work now. Okay, so, college. You, okay so you're doing the, the metal work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I was able to do that. And finally, me and Johnny were like, yep, let's fucking do it. And we would just, <laughs> after class every day, we would, like, go back to my place, smoke, and we would just throw darts at our dartboard for, like, three hours. Just, like, talking about all the shit we're going to do. <laughs> and it was awesome, because we would do that literally, like, probably two to three times a week and i didn't smoke much back then so he would like get me outrageously high and then they would leave and i would just go to bed and like wake up the next morning i'm like what did we talk about <laughs> what did i agree to yeah that's me after i leave you're in leroy's fucking yeah. house <laughs> yeah at like fucking 5 a.m yeah i'm like what no yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, he's got a problem. He has someone needs to talk to him about it. He won't let people go to sleep. Yeah, I was gonna say he does not have a drinking problem. No. He does not have a drug problem. Yeah, he has a conversational problem. <laughs> That's coming from me, bro. Like I love, Le- dude. I love you to death. But he's too interesting for his own good. <laughs> and yeah, because I I remember because when was that? I didn't. We weren't even like we had a couple of beers, but we weren't like drinking. Oh, because I had went over after I saw Just Velvet play. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going back to your guys' place. And it's me, him, and Dan. And we're hanging out, having a conversation. Dan, I think, realized this is going to be a long long situation. So he splits around 2.30. Me and Leroy are having a conversation about nonsense until like... Not nonsense, but just stupid, like, just, like, life. Drunk shit. Yeah, life <laughs> life shit. It's, like, 4 in the morning. Oh, he walks out of his bathroom at, like, 4.15 to take a piss. Comes in and starts hanging out. And that'll lead to, like, yeah, 5.30. Yeah, <laughs> always. That's always how it <laughs> fucking happens. So, anyway, you and Johnny are talking about it. You finally decide to go. You put the 500 down. Yep. How long, how long of a fucking flight was that out to Australia? Uh, I think it was... 13 hours, 14 hours, something like that. Because we flew L.A. and then from L.A. to New Zealand and then New Zealand to Sydney. Did you stay in New Zealand any significant amount of time or was it just like a layover? Um, in New Zealand, yeah, it was just like a layover, like an hour or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> so me and Johnny, we snuck on edibles onto that Australian flight. <laughs> and we didn't even realize like how bad of an idea that was until like like years after. But, uh, yeah, we, so we were sneaking onto an international <laughs> flight. Or not sneaking on. We were going onto our international flight. And we got, I think they were just like gummy bear gummies. 
uh, just like ten a piece, and we uh, we just threw them in like a bag of candy. So like the extreme, just any kind of gummy worms, shit like that, threw them all in a bag, and then no problems at all. Went right through security in our carry-ons, and then as soon as we got on the flight, just I popped like ten of them. And these were edible. Yeah, yeah. So just insanely stoned, like the entire <laughs> flight over there. I threw. I think I watched Toy Story. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> And they brought us dinner. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Then I woke up the next morning. There was like an hour left of the flight. I was like, this is sweet. This is sweet. <laughs> what the f- I don't know if I could do that, dude. Because like, if I'm on a flight and I'm over, I'm just over it, I'll like take, because I'll bring like the, like the, like the pill version of NyQuil. Yeah. Right. And I'll just take that and go to sleep. Because so I, I just want this experience to be over. If I fell asleep into a deep sleep on a flight, and then woke up still on a plane midair yeah. and not about to land. I think I'd be mad. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't too bad because there's only an hour left. So I just oh, woke okay. up. So it was like, eh. and then breakfast was coming. So I was like, this ain't too bad. So you landed in Australia. How long were y'all there for? We were there for like seven months, I think. Holy fuck. Yeah, it was fun. Where the fuck? What, what happened? Like, where did you live? What were you doing? Like, So me and Johnny went out there with like no place to live because we were like, we're going we're gonna to find a spot once we get out there. So we got an Airbnb for like a week. So we're like, we're giving ourselves a week to find a spot once we actually get out there and we can go see the spots. How much American money did you go out there with? Um, so uh, it was basically the same as like living here kind of. Because school was the same amount as UNM. The dorms were slightly more expensive than what I was playing at Loba V. And then living was a little bit more expensive. So it wasn't like too much of a shock. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And they take American dollars out there. Yeah, actually, at that time, it might still be, but the American dollar is worth more out there. So I was getting a little bit more bang from a buck. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. So how much how much American money did you go out there with? Um, Do you remember? I didn't really go out there with money. I mean, I just had, like, a savings account, and I would just, yeah. like, spend shit. I didn't have, like, a, a set amount of money that I was going there oh, to spend or okay. whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, like I said, it was just kind of like living here, but out there. You know, not a whole lot changed, except for... My surroundings and the people I was around. So you go out there and Airbnb for a week. Did like were you trying to find a job? Were you just doing school? No. So I was actually able to do the same shit that I'm doing here because I do like just computer drawing and shit like that a lot of the time. So I was able to kind of do just like work online and then just like send shit back to the states. Oh, so nice. that was nice. Uh, but so our first week at our Airbnb, it was awesome because our Airbnb was literally right. You know where the opera house is. Or, you know the opera house <laughs> yeah i think so yeah so it's right in the bay of like sydney or whatever and there's like a bridge that crosses from the like, yeah can you pull city. that up yeah, yeah so i can like, get a visual yeah. yeah anyway so our airbnb was like right across the, the the bay of the opera house That's sick. so every morning we would like take a a ferry like from like our spot to the opera house to get to the train station in order to get to our like campus that's the opera house. That's so, <laughs> so it was pretty sweet, like just being able to see all that kinds of stuff, like you know, firsthand. Uh, but our very first night, you know, we were young and dumb, so we were like, "Let's hit the fucking town." We got a cheap bottle of like five dollar wine, so we went back to the Airbnb, chugged that. Well, actually, we went to the roof because we had like roof access, so went to the roof, chugged that bottle of wine, then hit the town. And how, how old are you? 
at that time I was 19 because you could drink out there when right. You, when I, you're I don't give. Yeah, I'm just asking yeah. how old. Like, I'm sure how old is this guy? Like, how is he digesting exactly. Australia? Yeah, no, and that's another reason why we're so excited because we were 18 and we could actually drink out there like legally. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, our first night out getting faded, go to like a club and get. Johnny was fine. I got completely fucking blacked out. And so <laughs> they call like three Ubers that kept like turning him, like me away. They were like, he's too drunk. Like you got to find another way home, basically. Finally, some dude finally takes us. And Johnny like literally is carrying me all the way up to our Airbnb. And he has videos of it. It's pretty funny. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, like we, we uh, get back to our place finally, wake up the next morning, like one of the most hungover moments i've ever been oh i'm sure and we have orientation that next morning at like eight o'clock so we have to wake up at like 6 30 catch the ferry it's a 40 minute train ride to our campus and so i'm like on the train just like asleep and then like every five minutes i'm throwing up and so (laughs) johnny's like just leave him alone like everyone keeps asking (laughs) if i'm okay just like fucking get out of here and uh, finally get to the campus I'm dead asleep the entire orientation, like (laughs) not hearing anything. And then uh, they gave us like this one little like cake thing. I devoured that and then just threw it up just immediately right after. And then finally head back to the train, go back home. Same thing, throwing up all over, uh, you know, on the train ride back. And then, uh, yeah, our first week was fun. It was, it was like trying to find that spot. But again, we were navigating a city that we had never been in and, Using public transpa- uh, transportation, which we've never done, you know, because we live in Albuquerque. Yeah. So. Yeah, you want to die? Did... <laughs> you use public transportation. <laughs> yeah. And so, since I didn't know how to, like, use a bus, I got on the, like, the bus I was supposed to get on, but it was going in, like, the wrong direction. And so, <laughs> I was going the wrong direction for, like, 20 minutes. And uh, finally, I was like, I don't think I'm going the right way. So, I got off and got on the right bus this time. And at this point, it, like, Australia was going through a heat wave, so it's, like, 103 outside. Oh. So I'm dying in the fucking heat. At one point, I'm, like, at this bus stop, like, just trying to walk to this spot. I have no idea where I am. And then get to this open house, which is supposed to be, like, open. It's not. <laughs> so, like, I have to, like, call the guy, and he's like, yeah, I can't get there today. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> so I get back on that bus. It's, like, a whole other hour just back to the Airbnb, and Johnny's waiting there. He's like, well, how was it? I was like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get to it. It wasn't, dude. <laughs> it just wasn't. <laughs> and uh, so finally, it gets to like to the to the last day, and Johnny ends up basically getting a room in the city with uh, he he basically rents a bed because it's a three bedroom apartment with two people in each bedroom, and so that's that's how he was living most of the time. <laughs> three bedroom apartment and. So he was one of six. Yeah, yeah. In a three, b- <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, yeah. That's how you. That's how you got to live in the city, though. And that so, so he horrible. did that, and I was like, well, I kind of want to do that, but I'll just go to the dorm since I know that that's like a for sure thing, and that there were any like listings that I had like seen like at, at that point in these in the city. How much stuff did you guys bring with you? Um, like a suitcase, whatever fits in a suitcase. Yeah, you know. We weren't trying to pay extra for flight shit. Right. And that, yeah. That makes... Well, that's what I kind of figured, but I was trying to think, like, if Johnny's, if Johnny's able to fit into a fucking, basically a sleepaway yeah. camp, <laughs> you know? Holy yeah. shit. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up just going to the dorms, and I'm happy that I did that, because I met so many cool people. Like, from... 
It was cool because if you if you are from Australia, most of the time you're not going to be living in the dorms, just because that's just not how it worked out. Why there. would you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so anyone in the dorms is like most of the time international. So I mean, I met people from everywhere. You know, Germany, Sweden, uh, fucking Brazil. It's just everywhere. It was really cool. That's sick. yeah. So how? So you're there for six, seven months. What are you studying out there? Nothing. <laughs> We we really just went out there just to have fun. Yeah. Uh, we what took, were you supposed to be studying? So, out there. So with like um, studying abroad, you have to like find classes where the credits like will swap over or whatever. Yeah. And so for the school that we were going to, like not a lot of classes were gonna switch over for credits. So that's kind of why we just took nonsense classes. Like I we took um, outdoors, some kind of nature outdoors. <laughs> And we <laughs> outdoors 101. Yep. Hey, listen, you're going to come out and just stand and that's, not be scared for five minutes. That's kind of what it was. I think what it was at the basis was like getting a, uh, like a grounding for teaching, uh, like special needs people and like learning how to do outside like curriculum kind of stuff. The fuck? I think that's what I it was. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> but, like, Johnny never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he was a special needs kid. Didn't know how to get there. Well, because, so, so our campus was, so I lived kind of right on campus, but Johnny was a 40-minute train ride every day. And oh, so Jesus. he never went to fucking school, dude, ever. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I don't think any of our credits transferred. We really were just out there for having fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we did a lot while we were out there, you know, we were kind of just out there to travel and see as much as we could. That's fucking cool. Dude. Yeah. So the term ends, you come back uh, to the States. It's what, 2019 now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. About that. 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. So how soon after you coming back does the band start? Pretty fast. Not the band doesn't start right away, but the like formation of the band starts right away. Because okay. I think I told you the story where like Johnny bought that guitar in Nimbin. Yeah, let's take a pause. Uh, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get a glass for some whiskey okay. because this is putting me to sleep. Let's do it. I don't know why the beer is putting me to sleep, <laughs> but it's putting me to sleep. So we'll be right back. I also gotta pee. Yes. I'm not, no. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned that. Oh, we're we're back. We're um, back. we're back. Um, you had mentioned you didn't press pause on any of that, did you? Okay, cool. That Johnny bought a guitar in Australia. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because his friend... Oh, what the fuck is his name? Oh, cheers. Uh, oh, cheers, yes. Cheers. I'm glad you're here, buddy. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. 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 Um, I forgot his name. Uh, but he, he was living in the apartment with Johnny. And so he would just play, and I think Johnny would just like watch him. And I don't know if he was learning at that time or not, but... Once we flew out there, you know, he was like, we did, like, it was just a dude on the street, like painting a guitar, you know, just something like that. And, uh, he was like, I'm going to get this. And I was like, like, do you know how to play? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Guess I'll learn. And, uh, and then I was also like, we flew here. You have to pay like extra to get it back or whatever. And he was like, yeah, whatever. So he paid extra to get it back from Nimbin to Sydney and then from Sydney back to the U.S. And how far is Nimbin from from Sydney? Um, it's like a two hour flight and then like a forty minute drive. 
Damn. Yeah, that's that weed festival that we were talking about. Oh, that's right. Fucking awesome. If anyone ever gets a chance to go out there, fucking do it. Can you find videos of that festival? Yes, it's a Nimbin festival. Is that where you were like walking aimlessly and you were like, if I get there, I get there? Yep, yep. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) It was awesome. At first, I didn't, like, I wanted to go, but we were like a little stretch for money. So we were like trying to plan our trips because I was going to New Zealand at the end of our trip. And uh, so Johnny was like, dude, I'm going, like, if you want to go, you could go. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And uh, since I was, like, a little bit later, Johnny had already purchased his, like, airline tickets. And so I was like, later. I think I already told the story. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, so we ended up on different flights. He got there, no problem. I ended up catching, like, the last flight where there was, like, no bus to take me to the next town. So I was kind of stranded. Had to walk from there to like to the next spot, and you couldn't wait till like the next day. I could have, but I would have just been sitting on a bench, and I was like, right. "Well, might as well fucking do produ- something productive." Well, you could have just chilled at the airport. Uh, well, so I had to get from the airport to another town in order to catch the bus that next morning. Okay. And so I was like, "Well, I gotta catch that bus." So I so walked a little bit. So if you had to get you had to go on foot either way to get yeah, to yeah. the town. Yeah, yeah. So I walked a couple miles. And then got, uh, it was like a taxi or whatever, to the next town. And then from there, there was no more buses to the place I was trying to get to, which was like a 30, 40-minute bus ride away. Until the next morning. Right, right. And so at that point, I was like, well, it's like a six, seven-hour walk. I'll get there at like 1 a.m. Or I could like sleep on the bench. And I was like, well, let me fucking do it. I'm just start walking. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, yeah, got hitchhiked. <laughs> yeah, so how far into your walk, because you're going to this festival at Nimbin. Yeah. How far into your walk uh, did somebody pick you up? Um, it was about two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I remember I was just like, because I had a backpack and I had like a tent. So I was like holding that. And I'd start off walking and then... Um, yeah, I would like sing and I would like jog. I would just do like different sections, you know. You're fucking SpongeBob, dude. How <laughs> to pass the time? Because it was it was late at night. It was like uh, at that time I think it was only like seven o'clock, but the sun the sun was setting super early, so it was already like late at night. And so okay, I'm, I'm trying to paint this picture. <laughs> okay, I'm really <laughs> trying to I'm really trying to paint this picture. Okay, so are you walking in the middle of nowhere, like the desert? It's on a road. It's it, imagine like you're driving like to Hemis, and there's like a mountain road. Yeah, like only one road to follow, and you'll get there. So I was just walking on that road, and there was cars passing, like every couple of minutes, you know. And I would just like hold up my thumb, and it was late at night, so I can't stop him for not like you know can't blame him for not stopping. Did you have like a flashlight? <laughs> Did you have any kind of light no. source? No, I didn't plan it. You know, I wasn't planning it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish I had a sign. You know, because if I would have said like Nimbin, I probably would have got picked up a little faster. But so let's say there, <laughs> this is you know let's say there's a driver that had a little bit too much to drink. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's a sleepy sleepy driver. You could have just gotten. Oh yeah, nailed it for sure. <laughs> and they drive on the opposite side of the road, so it was like a little weird. So it was like, yeah. So they were coming up to me on this side because I was hitchhiking on the left side. So they were driving on the left side, and so I like had my thumb out and they you were had your right close. thumb out, right thumb out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. so you're going for two and a half miles. Who stops and gets you? Uh, this chick. Uh, she has like this kind of beater, like SUV or whatever. Pulls over and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, like got one. <laughs> and uh, is she like, going to the same place? 
Luckily, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think anyone on that road was probably going to that festival because okay. it's in the middle of nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, like, I get up there. Was she your age? Stop. Was she older? Way like... older. She's like probably mid thirties. Okay. Yeah, and a little bit, you know, heavier. Really like hippie type, though, right? Hippie type, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, she was cool about it, but I was, I was a little ready, you know. I was like, not sure what to expect, because you hear the hitchhiking stories, yeah. you know. Yeah, but normally you're the one that stabs somebody, exactly. not the <laughs> one that picks them up. Yeah. You fuck. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I just got in. Turns out she's going to the same spot, and literally to the same camping ground that I was, that I was going to. So you ended up meeting there with Johnny. The next morning, yeah, because it was so late at night, no yeah. fucking service, set up right. my tent, and then the next morning, I'm just like wandering around the town, and then I see Johnny, uh, I think he's like just walking on the street, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> How was your trip? Okay, so let's let's see what the fuck you just, oh my god. Oh, yeah. That's an 11 minute video. Got the skin a little bit. Very, very hippie. So for everyone listening, like turn down a little bit, Joey, just like a, like a hair. Yeah, they have a, a bar where you smoke at. Okay. So put put the cursor to the little thing like about halfway. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, no, 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 the, the audio. Sorry, the, the audio. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so everyone listening on Spotify... We're watching a Vice video about this weed. They call it the weed Mardi Gras. And yeah, literally all it is is just a town dedicated to smoking pot. Yeah, a lot of nomads will go out there trying to get off the scene. It's almost a cult. <laughs> it's like Concrete City. Yeah. It's illegal to grow, sell, and smoke weed in Australia. There were always going to be problems. Fifteen years ago, some locals held a protest to highlight what they saw as the stupidity of the drug laws. This became a tradition, and over the years turned into what is now known as Mardi Gras. Well, I was going to say, like, at that point, if you're Australian authorities, yeah, what do why, you do? <laughs> why are you even going to go down there? Yeah. Like, let it fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Oh, leave it, leave it. I'm sorry, rewind it, actually, so I could see the beginning of that guy speaking. Good eye. <laughs> Here just to ensure that there was a safe environment. There is a perception that 
uh, when Mardi Gras is on that uh, certain activities involving cannabis are legal, such as um, the possession of, administration of, or supply of cannabis. That is not the case. <laughs> catch people in possession of Fuck you! I don't think we saw anybody get arrested. They're earlier. having, for people watching or listening, we are watching a competition on how quickly you can roll a joint and the dude with the most dirtiest white dreads I've seen <laughs> in my life. Oh, we just won that competition. So, pause it real quick. Pause it. Did you not see the midget rolling a joint? Yeah. Today? Yes, it <laughs> is. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Like, if I, if I get the, the guys that probably got sent out there, are just like the dudes following orders. Oh yeah, they're the yeah. ones like the, they're doing the footwork. But if you're if 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 you're a law enforcement authority, like the tippy top of it, right? And you have two options. Okay, either again, this is under the assumption that they think that this particular drug is so bad, right? The the worst thing out there. Yeah, that has to be illegal. Okay. Instead of having it sparsed out through your entire country, wouldn't you prefer just all the weed smokers to be in one <laughs> yeah. commune where they're not hurting anybody? And if you really are that, if you really think they are that bad of people, they hurt somebody, they're hurting themselves. Also, there was no violence at that place. It was just the, good vibes. <laughs> I, I would, I, I would be hard pressed to find a weed festival where there is violence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never heard of anyone smoking so much weed they got violent. Yeah. You hear about paranoia, for sure, like, like in anxiety if you eat like too many edibles or you smoke too much, you smoke yourself a little bit stupid. But no, that's, that's what alcohol is for. Yeah. Alcohol yeah. <laughs> leads to violence, not fucking weed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just, that's absolutely crazy to me. So how, how long does, did this, how long were you at the festival for? Uh, three days, I believe. We went the first two days barefoot. It was Johnny's idea. And we were like, yeah, dude, our feet were just on fire, just torn up by the uh, second yeah, day. Yeah, I'm sure they were fucking shredded. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know why we're doing this. I'm putting my, my fucking shoes back on. <laughs> by hour 48, yeah. you were like, hey, 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 man. Uh, I think we just saw some other people doing it. Weed we like, isn't that grave of painkiller, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that guy's wearing shoes. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was wild, though. It was... Like, just straight 48 hours of just getting stoned. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they had, like, other, like, hallucinogens and stuff like that. But yeah, at that yeah. time, we weren't messing around with that stuff. So. Right. And well, then, be, especially at that, uh, out there, you know, it's a little it, questionable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would, just, that would just be scary in general, taking psychedelics out in a, not only, like, outside of your hometown, but, like, Outside of your country, yeah. you don't know where you're at. You don't really have anyone to fall on. Yep. Yeah. If you need to get grounded, it's gonna be a little hard. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you're there for three days. How do you make it back? To, how do you make it back to Sydney? There were no problems getting back. It was pretty easy. Okay. <laughs> there was a bus. There was a plane. It was all good to go. Um, but we were. Uh, let me see. That was towards the end of our trip. So. Once we got back, we had like a month left of school, and then we like he went off to Thailand because he was doing this like backpacking trip. It was like a week long backpack trip through the backpacking through Thailand. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it wasn't Thailand. I'm sorry, it was Tanzania. 
Okay. <laughs> a bunch of Looney Tunes flying did, around. He did also go to uh, Vietnam, not Thailand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he, he's, he had a six-hour layover in Thailand. Just came back yeah. real happy afterwards. <laughs> we don't know what happened. Yeah. And so he was doing those trips, and then uh, I wanted to go to the Great Barrier Reef and to New Zealand with my other friends. That's sick. So we did all that, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great time, man. Holy shit. So... He gets the guitar to Nimbin. and y'all make it back to the States. When do you guys both get back to Albuquerque? So we get back July 3rd. I remember that just because it was right before July 4th. So what was, for you, what was the culture shock like coming back to your home country after almost seven months of... Um, it know. was not not so much of a shock. It was just I was missing so much stuff. Yeah. You know, obviously the food, you know. I like the it. reset, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, driving was a big thing because I hadn't driven for seven months, you know. And so just getting behind a wheel just felt so nice. You know, just being in control of where I'm going and stuff like that and not waiting on a train or waiting on a bus or, you know, going at my own pace kind of thing. But there wasn't so much of a culture shock as far as um, anything big. You know, it was just food, accents, nothing crazy. Did that hit you immediately, the driving part? Like when I yeah, was out there or when yeah, I got back? When you get back and you're like, oh, fuck, I can like control where I'm going right now. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Is that immediate? Yeah. yeah well, because yeah. I think that plays a huge part into the American psyche, mm. right? And I, th- I think that's a lot of reasons why people are against automated vehicles is because they're like, I want to control where I'm going, how I get there, and I want zero influence of any big tech yeah. and then eventually a government telling me when I when I can go somewhere, when I can't go somewhere, how I get there. Yeah. Right? Because, again, maybe it's just because of how I grew up playing video games, but, like, if you really want it to be, life is open world. You yeah. could just walk out that door and do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. There's consequences for what you do, <laughs> yeah. you know? But you can literally just do what you want yeah. in this country. And... I think one of the big bashings of that is having being able to own a car and being able to like again, are the roads in Albuquerque or just New Mexico well maintained? Fuck no, they're not. But in theory, you're using something you're paying taxes for. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and also it just feels good to hit the road, windows down, throw some music on. Yeah. For me, I love country music. Like if I can hit the road with windows down and throw some country on. Like, that's the best. You can't get that feeling if you're not controlling it, you know. And then, like, I have a, I have a standard. That's a whole nother thing, you know, feeling the gears and and that kind of thing, you know. You're not going to get that if you're just on autopilot all the time. Yeah, I've got an auto civic, so, you know, <laughs> I put that little bitch into drive and pray to God it doesn't yeah. fall apart on me. <laughs> no oh. AC. Yeah, no AC. No, sir. I am I am uh, not so patiently awaiting the uh, the fall months to fucking hit. Dude, I know. I'm fucking, I'm sick of the heat. I'm sick of turning into a wetback in real time on my way home from work. Yep. Because when my car is, oh, dude, especially when it's like 102 outside and it starts raining. Mm. So I have to roll most of my windows up. <laughs> it's just humid. So it's humid as fuck in my car. And I can't see out my glasses. That's awesome. So they just fucking fuck up. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys are back acclimating. Um, when does the formation of the band start and who is there? Um, so at the start, it's just me, Johnny and Zach, 
um, and then our old drummer, because they all lived, Johnny, Zach, and our old drummer all, did, all lived in the same house. Okay. Like right when we got back from Australia. And so that's how Zach got initially just brought into it right, because yeah. he was there. Right. Okay. And I don't know if Zach had any previous um, like playing of the guitar or not, but I remember it uh, just that we were all kind of learning at the same time because since I was close with Johnny at that time, I'd go over to their house a lot. And uh, yeah, Johnny was like into the guitar and that got Zach into it, I think. And uh, so they were just playing together, and then seeing that, I was like, that's fucking dope. I've always wanted to learn music, like how to play and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, we would just go over there, and I think we would just kind of learn stuff. You know how every band starts, you just start playing your favorite songs and seeing how you do while you play it. And uh, then Open Mic started, and we would just go to, fuck, what was it called? It was right there in Harvard. It was like a, a little coffee shop, and... Just four of you. At that point, for the open mics, it was just like me and Johnny, maybe the old drummer on the cajon kind of thing. Um, just because open mics, I mean, you don't need They're a full tiny. band there. Yeah. yeah. And so we did like two or three of those, and it was like kind of fun. We were like super nervous. We were like, oh my God, I can't believe we just did that. And then it, yeah, kind of started from there. We would, uh, at first, it was, we had a piano player uh, named uh, Ann. And our friend John was the other guitar player. So Toby wasn't in at this point. Leroy wasn't in at this point. Nick wasn't in at this point. Um, so it was just us. We were playing like just mainly covers and stuff like that. Our first real big gig was at this Blue Grasshopper place. And we did all right there. And then I think just from hanging out at the Slums house, because we had that house at the time, and we would just jam there, get drunk, and started like, just playing a little bit more, and then I think we wrote a song one night. It was uh, it was called "Cruise," simple song, like two chords, and uh, and it kind of just showed that we, like we could write a song. You know, it's like we don't have to like do other people's stuff. We could kind of do our own stuff. Right. And from then on out, we like we we did that song. It wasn't very good, but it was like our first one, and so it was just it was just like cool seeing that we could do that. And from then on, we went from, I think after that, we played the Flyhouse Honey. Have you ever been to that place? I've heard of it. Never it's, been. It's I've crazy. heard of it. It's like a little shed in, the, in like a backyard. Where is it? Um, do you know where, what park is it? It's downtown. Kind of right, not Knob Hill area, uh, right by the freeway. And it's like a, kind of right next to this park. It's literally just in a house. The fuck? Yeah. And uh, so, like, we played there. It was it was all right, you know. Um, the, like, touring band, they, like, wanted to go on first because they were, like, headed into Texas that next day. So we're like, whatever. Because everyone that came, like, they came to see us. Even though we weren't very good at the time. Like, yeah. we had pool because of the people we knew. Were you guys Were you guys under the name? Yeah, uh, I, I think we've only ever been Sons of Harvard. Okay. Yeah, that was a name that we came up with just from literally getting fucked up at the house yeah we're like we are on harvard i don't know where slummy came from i don't remember if like we were just saying slummy at that time and yeah. then it became part of the band name or if that happened after but yeah that that name has always been the one that stuck which is cool it's I'm, a good I'm name a fan of it yeah yeah no it's a good name so you play that the diy and what that's what 2019 is yeah how how far with your original-ish lineup did you go into the pandemic with? Um, I think we had maybe three songs going into the pandemic. You know, not a lot. 
Um, and that's like Sundress, um, some of our older stuff. Uh, I can't even fucking remember. Leaning Against Me, like a few of those. Some of the, A lot of the stuff that we've deleted, I think. Yeah. Um, except for Sundress. And so, but again, at that time, like our original stuff wasn't very good. Even like our covers weren't very good. <laughs> so it just took a lot of learning from then. And uh, I mean, we've definitely grown a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So when, who was of the lineup now? Lero is the first one to come in, right? At that point, yeah. And so I think you've heard that story, how he came in, right? So we went to Las Cruces for a state tailgate. Yeah. And he was just, like, singing a Mac Miller song. And Zach was like, yo, I know how to play this song. You should, like, do a cover of it, basically. And then I really do remember it as, like, Leroy not, like, leaving. <laughs> like, like we did that song. I don't think we had any intention of him, like, staying in the band. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, he was just like, yeah, I could do this song, too. And then, yeah, it just kind of went from there. That's sick. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then after about, it was probably a year after Leroy came in that we got Toby and, and Nick. Yeah. They were decently close together. Within a few months, I would say. That's pretty cool, man. But yeah, it was. It was it was a weird start for sure, like to get everybody together. Because again, we like didn't all know each other in high school. Yeah, we had to like become friends after, and mm-hmm. it was kind of weird navigating those routes. But I mean, we're all boys now, so yeah. Well, that's what's that's what's strange to me, and in, in a kind of similar but a a different way. With everyone that I've had on the pod so far, like how many people know each other? Yeah. And then how many people come in that he either he recognizes or knows Springer. Yeah. Some of them know David. Is I'm I'm starting I didn't really know David that well in high school or at all in high I met him like right after senior year. So I'm starting starting to gather that maybe he was like the more quiet one in high school. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's like how real not tight, but like how everyone knows everyone. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to get your opinion on this as your as the band has grown. Have you found that it's a bit of a challenge to build a good reputation, but then when you do, you know, keeping it isn't that like it's it's hard to build it, easy to keep it, but even easier to lose it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. Have you had experiences like that? Um. I don't think we've come across anything to where we're like. Oh, not obviously not on the negative side because right. like, like I would easily say that ninety nine percent of motherfuckers like you guys. Yeah, thanks. So. <laughs> Whether that's on like a personal level or a a, a business side, you know. Mm-hmm. But you guys, as because you guys, you guys are at the top of the fucking game right now. Thank you, man. We're no, trying. <laughs> it's like you guys, the mangoes, uh, red lights, rhythms, Simonteros up there too. Like you guys are kind of at the top of the. Echelon and then all the other local bands are kind of just like figuring themselves out until they end up booking out stuff like Launchpad and Sister mm-hmm. and fucking all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, yeah, have you found that like building the reputation for you guys was a tough thing to do? That like, hey, we're a legitimate band. We're here to do this. When you guys even did get that, your core six lineup together. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've always, it's crazy because like right from the start, we had a lot of support. Because, like, like I said, we did all those shows, but then we jumped into Launchpad. Um, and it's actually, like, it was not easy, but I think Zach kind of just hit him. Hit it was like, can we play Launchpad? And he was like, yeah. It wasn't, like, too hard to get into it. Oh, so Zach already knew him? I think so. Okay. Um, and so, 
Shit, I forgot your question. What was your question? Well, oh, just like it? like building the reputation. Like, how was that for right, you Right, yeah. So we had we had immediate support with the rhythms because somehow they were like at our first show. And so literally at our after our first launch pad show, like we already had like a little bit of kudos, you know? Like the guys were already like, Yeah, like you guys are killing it. And at that point we had a few originals. Do you but, remember who um, you played with at Launchpad? I don't think so. No, it's been too long. But um that was I don't think we've post COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't no, actually that was before COVID. We were oh, playing shit. Launchpad before COVID. Oh shit. Yeah. But that was weird because that was before like there was like a the scene that it is now. Yeah. So when we started when we first got into the scene, it was mainly metal and the rhythms. Mm-hmm. Like a few reggae bands, mainly metal. And then we got thrown in. And so like we were playing with metal bands for the most part. So they're like, Boo, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your sign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then we'd go in like the middle, and yeah, they still loved us. They were, we were just a different vibe, and then we go from <laughs> that right back to metal. You know, it was crazy. And uh, so you were the breather in between exactly, all the violence. Yeah. <laughs> we were the we were the break. But uh, yeah, so like I, I would say from the start, we just always had support, so it wasn't very hard to like build our name. Well, I, I guess just doing our shit is what built our name, but we never had much pushback on anything yeah which is really lucky for us honestly because i know a lot of bands do yeah run well, into crazy shit and that seems to be a, a lot of the like the common denominators i'm hearing from what like regardless of what genre of music these people are playing or if they're in comedy or whatever the fuck it is is the gatekeeping from like the old class mm. or the people above them was ridiculous yeah so to hear that at least one band didn't get the fucking cold shoulder is yeah, nice. Yeah, and, and that's that's cool because I think we rolled in like right during that time, like right when people were like, yeah, like don't hate on the new kids kind of thing. Yeah. And um, we never talked to the metal bands or anything like that. Uh, I don't know if, again, I don't know which bands they were, if how long they've been around, you know, if they have, you know, the props or whatever. Right. Um, but... All I know is that the rhythms were like the first ones to really like give us some props and we're like, keep fucking killing it, dude. That's sick. Yeah. They're so fucking nice, dude. They are. I yeah. love Miles, man. Yeah, he's Miles and Tony. They're, I want to get the rest of them in here at some point, but Miles and Tony are a bunch of fucking sweethearts, dude. dude they really are. They're the shit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's good to hear that you, didn't, you guys didn't experience a ton of that. And then, I mean, let's be honest, along with most of everything else in our society right now, COVID gave it the hard reset. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, at least for in my point of view, when it all came back, it looks like it's like, hey, uh, we cannot take this for granted anymore. Stop shitting on the new guys. We need more people. Yeah. We need more bands. We need more artists. And let's be honest, you know, time and talent are going to filter out the people who either don't want to be there or just fucking suck. Yeah. yeah. It's going to filter those people out one way or another. Um, So let people come in and then through attrition, you know, all the people you don't like or shouldn't be here, that'll right. figure itself exactly. out. Kind of fade out. But that's not bit. anyone's choice to make. You know what I mean? Now, it's one thing if a booker or a promoter doesn't, doesn't you know, put you on a show. Like, that's that's one thing. But as far as, like, hitting open mics or being able to open for someone or whatever, going being able to get on these free shows, like, it'll figure itself out. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you go, you guys end up going through this post pandemic era. What for you as a singer, like, as, have you always been a front man uh, in terms of the band? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So I always started out singing, um, and then I think, I think Leroy's always been part of the band as terms of as far as shows go. So as you know, as far as when we were playing Launchpad, I think he was always there. But uh, yeah, no, it took me a long time to like figure out like how to be a frontman, and I mean I'm obviously still trying to figure it out, but I've learned a lot. But you've always been a vocalist. Yeah, always yeah. been a vocalist. Like I've always, um, I've always sung. You know, I always I didn't know if I could sing when I was younger, so I would like uh, <laughs> I would like just sing songs and then like record them and like listen back and be like, I think that sounds good. You know, <laughs> I, I think that sounds good. <laughs> and then um, I think I got to the point to where I was like, well, if you can sing, you can sing the the national anthem. So I started like singing the national anthem, and I was like, I could hit all the notes, so I think I can sing. And so like I would like I always watched like American Idol and The Voice and stuff like that, and I would always like want to be the person like singing or whatever, but I would never I never pictured my life like being that person. You know what I mean? It was how's always it, just like living through the TV screen. Almost. How's that changed? Uh, now I am fucking doing it, so <laughs> so it's almost like you you better learn. Yeah, you know it's like you're doing this, figure it out, or else you're not gonna make it. So well, mentally speaking, how has that changed for you? Um, in terms of what? Like, so, all right, let's start with COVID, right? Yeah. Things stop, come to a halt. Was there ever a time where you're like, maybe this ain't it. Maybe I should go get a real job. Maybe I should go figure my shit out. No, I think as soon as the band happened, I knew I was like, all right, I want to do this for sure. Um, and when COVID happened, I don't think we ever planned on stopping. I mean, we played during COVID, Yeah. you know, even if COVID was still going on, we'd be playing. Yeah. We'd find a way, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think anything's really, it's, it's, nothing's going to stop us. Yeah. So. That's fucking sick. Yeah. So, did you ever, have you ever had to deal with anything like, like the imposter syndrome, the, uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Am I, I, should I be here right now? Do I deserve to be here right now? Definitely. Uh, I mean, I still kind of feel like that, you know, it's like, uh, it's just cause I'm, I'm, it's not natural. I'm having to learn everything. I'm having to learn how to have this charisma. I like, I can. Yeah, I guess learning the charisma, you know, because it comes naturally, but I have to figure out how to how to make it come out naturally, basically, you know, how to channel like how to show how to show that on stage. Exactly. And how to display yeah. that. I almost have to like channel like a different person a little bit, you know, like alter ego in a way. Yeah. You know, because I have to have more enthusiasm. I have to be more animated, more charisma, all that kind of stuff. Well, you said we were talking at Marble Fest because you finally hit you finally getting back in the gym mm. and. You said some real interesting. Who the the quote you brought up about being a sex symbol? Who said that? Oh shit! Yeah, um, I don't know who it was. It was a rapper. Um, I have to look it up. But a rapper who's in really fucking good shape. And basically, all he said was that his job is to look as good as he pos- you know, as good as he possibly can, and to essentially be like a sex symbol. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, because <laughs> it's like, I mean, when people are looking at you on stage, half the time, that's like what they're thinking. You know, it's like if you're if you're provocative, if you're like enthusiastic, nobody kind of knows what it means, <laughs> but it's provocative. Exactly. It keeps the people going. Uh, yeah. But I mean, just just uh, learning how to become a front person has been probably the hardest thing that I've had to do because I've always been able to sing a little bit. So learning how to fine tune that isn't too hard, but it's getting out of my comfort uh, uh, you know, comfort zone, out of my shell, 
because uh, I'm bad at you know public speaking. I'm like not good in front of people that much. I would <laughs> never have fucking guessed. Yeah, that. no fucking terrible, dude. I I like couldn't do shit in high school. Like when we'd have to give a presentation, I'd be like shaking and shit. Yeah, my voice would be really shaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I might be a little bit better now, now that I have a little bit more experience. But I mean, I'm not talking up there. I'm I'm like singing. It's like you're displaying. Exactly. Right. It's almost like I'm just with my boys up there, you know, It's and I'm not like, not that I'm ignoring the crowd, but it's just easier to play when it's like I'm in tune with my guys, you know? Well, that's how it should be too, right? Mm-hmm. You should just be having, a, like, obviously you're putting on a show, there's people that have come to see you, but at the end of the day, if you're not having a good time, nobody else will. Yeah. Um, And you don't ignore the crowd. At all? No, yeah. You do, you do <laughs> a very, yeah. You do a very good job. Yeah. Um, both you and Leroy do. Is that like a? I know I've asked you this before, but like, is this is that a conscious thing you two playing off of each other, or is that something that you're building in the moment? Because I feel like this again. I've never been in a band, and I'm never going to be in a band. Yeah. Like, I just don't. That is not the part of me, yeah. right? But I would imagine that there are elements of what makes a truly great band that only get carved out and formed on stage yeah um i mean we've definitely gotten a lot of chemistry for sure um but i would say just like being like us as a group gives me like confidence to do what i do you know what i mean like i don't think i could do that if i didn't have all them behind me you know having leroy there next to me whether we know if he's like saying shit in between songs and stuff like that and you know hyping the crowd up while i'm like belting out some shit you know having two dope-ass fucking guitar players, a big bass player, and then fucking Nick holding it down back there. You know, it's it's easy to be confident with that group. You know what I mean? And uh, confidence is what it's all about, you know? And I, I've had to learn that pretty hard. You know, confidence, without confidence, you can't do anything. What are you doing to mentally, like, psych yourself up before the show? Do you, like, do you find yourself having to do that? Or are you just, like, at this point, you're just like, all right, we're going to get up there. I'm just going to fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of a pre-show ritual. Like, I'll go to the gym before and, like, try to get my head right a little bit. Um, And then as far as, like, having energy and getting my mind right, I think it's – I have to have a few drinks. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a few sober shows, and it's just hard to, like, really tune in and, like, really give it my all, you know? So just a couple beers, you know, loosen me up and get in, like, the right headspace. Yeah. Um, But weed? Can't fucking do weed. (laughs) Nope, can't do that before a show. I'll just be like, like looking down at my shoes, just singing to the crowd. Your sex is on fire, man. <laughs> Saying some corny ass jokes. How's the how's the gym treating you, dude? I'm glad you're getting after it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I was telling you, I had to like switch up the way I was thinking about it because yeah. before, um, you know, I was going to my friend and we were lift like lifting heavy and you know trying to not PRs but like lifting heavy yeah and uh i got to a point to where i was like developing like tendonitis kind of thing and like anything heavy i just like couldn't lift not just because like i couldn't handle it just it was just so much pain and so i like took off the gym for like a year or two and i just like had to come back with like a different like a mental thought about it because now i'll go into the gym when when before I would like go and listen to music, trying to get into like a good heavy like headspace, trying to lift some weight. Now I'll throw on like a comedy podcast, and I'll like try to like you know I'll just like laugh at the gym, you know, and like not try to go too heavy, 
Um, switch up angles. Like if it's hurting, fucking just lift lighter, try a different angle, stuff like that. I'm not ever trying to like kill myself at the gym. Just like get a nice pump and, you know, obviously get improvement, but you don't, you, you just like switch up the way that you're lifting, you know? And I found that out. And I think that is something that a lot of people don't really have a firm grasp on is like, obviously there is good form. Yeah. Like you can't sacrifice form, but at the same time, the whole reason that you're one of the, one of the reasons anyway, that you need to use light weights, especially when you're hurting is you need to figure out how you can activate that muscle and not cause injury. Right. Because yeah, you can do it the same way that fucking Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler or fucking Seabum or whoever does their movements. But even they'll say, if it doesn't work for you, do not do it that way. Yeah, everyone's different. Yeah, do not do it that yeah. way. Like, there are core exercises that keep you in shape and that are great for you. But if you can't do one of them, you shouldn't be killing yourself to do that. Like, we found that out with you. For real. No, so we... Because, I mean, we've been in the gym for years. I mean, going to military mm-hmm. school and then doing everything afterwards. But then turns out, long story short, so we were at Liberty, like, what, back in March, April, right? It was, yeah, a little while ago. Around there. And he's like, hey, man, uh, no homo, but, like, look at my ass really quick. Is it <laughs> sitting right? And I'm like, what? And he was squatting, and I could tell that it was kind of like a like one one hip was higher than the other, like a little bit, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was his form. So that's what I told him. I was like, maybe a little, but maybe it's your form. Well, long story short is he goes to PT, and then one of your hips – yeah. sits higher than the other one <laughs> so it's like well if you wouldn't have done that and you oh, just go no it was a whole rabbit hole dude yeah we found that out and then like yeah i was like okay well my back's hurting a little bit more still because i always like lower back issues yeah i just thought it was just cause i was lifting wrong or whatever and then i went to pt and then kind of started with the hip issues and i was like okay well I'll start working on that and then she would, my pt was like oh yeah you're not lifting properly like you need to be like using your core differently. Cause the whole time, like since I had started lifting my, with my dad, he kind of taught me was like sucking your stomach in like your belly button to your spine when you're squat, like when you're squatting or deadlifting and that's how you brace. Mm. And that's how I've been doing it forever. Like up to like this year. And then she's like, Oh no, you're supposed to be like making a barrel, like bracing down. <laughs> like you're supposed to like, like everyone else knew. And I was like, Oh shit, that's, that's totally different. So I started doing that. And it was getting a little bit easier. And then one day, like, I just kind of I tweaked my back doing something. And I was like, fuck, okay. This is getting to a big issue. So yeah. got an MRI done. And my lower two lumbar, are like, the, the discs are, like, super compressed. Like, everything else looks like that. And then my lower two look like that. Damn. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it opened up a whole book of issues of, like, trying to lift when I shouldn't have been. or You just built a little crooked? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, though, yeah. You just built a little crooked. <laughs> But no, like you wouldn't, my point in bringing that up is that you wouldn't know that or you wouldn't think to look into that if you, if, and I feel like social media has a lot of people, a lot of young people like that. Yeah. If it's like you have to do it the one way and there's only like these strict ways to do it, like the bodybuilders do it, or like the power lifters do it. And it's like, that's not fucking true. Yeah. That is not, and that's what I'm trying to let go of is like, I've got big body dysmorphia issues and big, like, especially like after my surgery. Yeah. Going to the gym is fucking sucked. Yeah. Dude, my, like, I can't deadlift. Like, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. Because I, I, I'll, I'm doing it now and I deadlifted 135 four times in a set and I felt like the, because like where the hernia got repaired, mm. um, I felt soreness around like the mesh and shit. And I was like, 
like, really? Really? Am I? Because my deadlift was almost at 405. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because my before I had gone in for surgery, my deadlift was at three. Uh, math is hard. 380, 385. My squat was at four. 425 and then my bench was like two 265 mm. my bench has always been kind of weak but i had decent numbers for myself and so going into surgery and getting the fucking mesh repaired and then they like i'd asked them like the pre-op i was like you know and eh, when can i deadlift again when yeah. can i squat and they're like oh yeah like you know, like six to eight weeks after a post office, you'll be back to strength and all this kind of, you got to take it easy, but you know, going up to that, but you know, 10 weeks, you'll be back to, you know, you, your numbers won't be up obviously. Cause you would have stopped lifting weights, but like you can push yourself. I was like, okay, sounds good. Awesome. They finished operating on me. And I remember one of the nurses that was with me post-op as I, as I'm still like laying in the bed, she's the one that took like the breathing tube yeah. out of me and all that stuff. And I'm all fucked up on fentanyl and you know, I'm just out of my mind. And I asked her, I was like, Hey, when can I like go back to the gym and like deadlift and shit? And she was like, Oh, she's like very, very nicely. She was, Oh honey, you're not going to be deadlifting heavy for like three years. Oh shit. And I was like, Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And that, Mixed with the fact that what's going on with my healthcare provider, like I've told you personally, uh, I'm still off fucking test. Yeah. So that's fucking with me. <laughs> but it's trying to, the reason I bring all this up is just trying to be okay again with how I'm performing in the gym. How I'm like now, like I went and trained last night, and the way I'm training now is like I pick four exercises, my two in the middle are supersets. Mm-hmm. I'm doing four sets of each exercise. And I'm just pyramiding it down. I might do cardio at the end. And I just call it a day. No more fucking hour-long heavy sessions with like 30 minutes to 40 minutes of cardio and all this nonsense. Like, I just can't do that anymore. Yeah. So I remember like one of one of our friends in high school, Dom, remember when we would go to the gym and he would have issues with his forearm? Yeah. And he just like wouldn't curl? Because I wonder if that's the same thing that you're bringing up. Are you able to curl properly? Because mm-hmm. you're saying like... It's a press. Oh, okay. So any kind of press that I do. So how do you find yourself training now? Like, let's say you want to do chest. Like, how are you training now? Uh, real quick, could I take a pre-break? Yeah. I gotta fucking piss. You take a piss? Okay, I'll take oh, a break. Yeah. Okay. So training. Yeah, training. Okay. Training. How are you? Because you're saying it's like pressing movements. So can can you bench at all? Yeah. No. No. So I can do like I'll do like dumbbell presses. Um, well, like barbell. I don't try barbell much. Okay. Um, I just kind of stick to dumbbell. I'll do like 55, 65 dumbbell, like at the max, and for like 10 or something like that. Yeah. But I won't go past that just because at, at that point, then I can feel it. So anytime I like feel the pain, it's like, all right, time to not do that. You know, time to chill out. But smart. But um, when it first happened, it was like I couldn't even do like 35s, like pressing. It was like hurting even then. And so it took a little bit to like, I don't know if it had, like, if the tendon for, like, had to forget the pain a little bit or forget that memory kind of thing a little bit. But I'm able to, to press a little bit more now. How are you feeling when you do any type of, like, tricep extension movement? Better. Yeah. It used to hurt. But same kind of thing, you know, 
decent weight if it hurts do you stop. use like a like is you do you uh do you do any overhead going yeah. like that yeah so i'll do overhead that's when it does hurt the most though yeah so that's just an awkward movement i don't know why like people love that so much kind of yeah yeah do you do skull crushers at all like like when you were training like do you i love them <laughs> see and i don't get it because i'll do it even i i don't use anything higher than like the 15 pound yeah 10 or 15 pounds because i'll just grab it like like by the weight itself, yeah. And just out, you'll never catch me like laying down doing this. Mm. Fuck that. That hurts my elbow. I like way the too incline. Much. I found out the incline is a little easier. If Interesting. You do, if you do skull crushes on an incline bench, I don't know why, but it's a little bit less stress on the on the tendon. What? Well, you're not putting all of, like you're not allowing all of gravity to take yeah, it over. Probably, but, but you're still getting a, enough. Yeah, to get that pump. That's so. interesting. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a journey trying to figure it out, but. Just got to see what hurts, you know, what you can do. Just got to make some gains, bro. <laughs> oh, I, so I remember you telling me how you're, are you, do you, how you're focusing all of uh, your training around uh, like the high rep, low weight. Is that just overall? Is that only for your pressing type movements? Um, I guess that's for most of it. Again, it's like when I'm doing like 55, 65, like it's pressing, I'll do like 10. So it's yeah. like, that's not very high weight or high rep. But when it comes to like like triceps, you know, pull downs, I'll you know I'll do like twenty twenty five of those and yeah. get my pump that way instead of lifting heavy. Right. You know, and then I I have bad shoulders too, so like doing triceps sometimes will hurt my shoulder. Huh. Just different shit that I'm. Doing, oh, because you know? you're you're probably focusing too much on how heavy it is, so you're going like this to like yeah, so bear you gotta, down yeah. on it, and at that point, lighter weight. You yeah. know what I mean? Just trying to isolate yeah. that muscle. Are you are you conscious of your diet at all? No. No, I have a, no. a, a awesome metabolism, so I could eat whatever I want. Do you take vitamins? No. Take vitamins, dude. I'm serious. So I'll, I'll show you before you get out of here uh, what really helped. And I, it's crazy because I notice it with my joint pain. Mm. Um, I don't know how to fucking pronounce it because it's like a mixture pill that I take. But I, I, uh, I buy it at Costco. Mm. So I had real bad joint or I have real bad joint issues in my knees. And taking this after like three weeks is once a day. After three weeks, I noticed the difference. But if I don't take it for like three or four days, I notice the fucking pain. Yeah. Um, I think getting on a good vitamin regimen could really help your fucking joint issues. Just a fucking multivitamin, fish oil, the crazy shit I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah. What really helps my recovery, and I haven't done it in a long time because I'm fucking lazy, is uh, taking Z- it's called ZMAs, the zinc and magnesium, dude. Some of, legit, some of the best sleep I've ever fucking had, and the recovery is like I don't even even if I know that I've had a great uh, a great workout mm-hmm. and normally I wake up sore, I don't wake up sore. Like maybe like seventy percent of like that soreness or that like tightness is gone, mm. and I suck about stretching. Oh yeah, like I am fucking terrible about stretching, uh, and I know that's all you do now, is fucking stretch because of your issues, but um, but yeah, dude, I think a lot of that supplementation could help you. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know me by now. I'll always encourage my friends <laughs> to uh, go get their blood work done. Yeah, see if they're deficient in any sort of hormones, and I don't know, maybe go take the uh, extracurricular route. Yeah. That's always fun. So how's it been with you getting a little taste of the performing life? Uh, like with stand-up and shit? Yeah. Dude. So 
I don't know. Like, I love stand-up. Don't get me wrong. I love stand-up. And the last, like we were talking about a little bit, like off camera a little earlier, the last two weeks, I've just been fucking lazy about writing. Yeah. I'll be real. I've been lazy because I've been doing like three pods a week and I'm still trying to go to the gym and just like, but at the end of the day, it's laziness. Mm. It really is. It's laziness. Um, but even that first open mic that I did, uh, I bombed fucking hard. Yeah. But the the joke that I made, the one black guy laughed at it, so I was happy about that because I made a joke about uh I made a joke about basically it was you know, the little mermaid got rebooted and was made black. Right. Not gonna do that shit to Tarzan, right? Yeah. And the one and there's a black guy in the back and he's like, <laughs> true, that's very true. And I was like, All right, I'll take it. I'll take that. Everyone laugh. should laugh at that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone not laughing at that joke? <laughs> I appreciate that. But and then the first show that I did that you went to, I feel like that went okay. Yeah, like that was fine. Especially yeah. for like a, a real first go at stand up comedy. Yeah, right. The second show I did, uh, it was you bombed that one. Well, like it was weird because like it was like even watching the footage, it was like this, yeah. right? And like because I. Because I opened that show, um, well, I I made a bad choice. I made a very poor decision, and I opened that show because the we had we had a stand up comic, we had a comic drop out. Uh huh. So then the host, A Marie, she did like 15, 18 minutes, I think, like starting out, and then uh, I came up, did my ten. I originally only had to do five to seven. But as she was doing more, I was like, I have to do more now. I don't know if I, and I wasn't ready for it, but I was like, fuck, yeah. you know? So I ended up doing like 10 or 11 minutes. And then the headliner came on and he, his set was supposed to be like 30 and he did like 45. And, and he's like very new to headlining as well. He don't even, he's only been doing stand for like five years. So he's pretty new to headlining. Um, but as a Marie was doing the crowd, you've seen her yeah. do it. It's like, Half written material, half crowd work. And she's working this middle table pretty well. And it was this white family. Like, fucking... And I was worried about how they were going to react to the family. Because they were all older. I think the youngest one there was like 53 years old or yeah. so. Right? No, that's not true. They had a couple of their kids there. that are in like late 20s. But for the most part. Right? And so... Literally, she had gotten up on the stage. She's like, yeah, so everyone get your drink. Uh, use the restroom if you have to. We're going to start gonna be starting stand-up comedy in five minutes. And there was one dude at the head, this bald guy, head of the table that, like, turned around and was, like, disgusted. He's like, he was like, fucking comedy. And I was like, no, I'm already nervous. Yeah. Like, you've seen me for that first show. Yeah. You know, I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> Same thing there. It's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. But she gets up, and she's she's working the crowd, doing her materials and she's like poking at this table doing crowd work and throughout her set i'm just getting the impression that they're trump supporters yeah makes sense <laughs> i just got like they all said like like the dude the one guy's from arkansas the other ones are from deep part of the south and they're like like the one guy she's been working on that was like the leader of the table it had to be like the father of the family or some shit yeah. right like he was saying how like yeah I'm from Arkansas, and um, he spent 
he had spent like over a decade in the military and then he had spent the rest of his working life uh doing blue collar work like he'd done like roofing and like electrician work and all this like all this blue collar shit like like hard hand like man work right so i'm like okay trump supporter right so i'm thinking to myself i'm looking through all my notes and i'm like okay i have a trump bit that i i'm not confident in but maybe if i stick the landing like maybe if i stick the landing uh it'll be okay so and she had done this she had said a remark about this younger kid at their table who had a mustache and something about top gun yeah and it works okay, so i'm going to feed off of that like in the first show where i fed off of something black mike had said and then it worked well and then okay fine it's cheap but i'm new Fuck off. I'm going to use it, right? Yeah. So I go in, and I made a comment, because back then, at that show, I only had my mustache. Like, I had a little bit of stubble, right? But the mustache was there, so I made a joke about, like, Top Gun and how it changed my life or some shit like that. Something retarded. Yeah. And I got a laugh out of it. Like, the, the, the room laughed at it. It's like, okay, okay, this, this could be okay. And my joke about Trump was fucking stupid. Like, it was about how, like... Uh, aliens are real and Trump's been telling us about it because of Space Force and it fuck and, and the, because one of the opening lines I had was does any and I thought this was a layup line because of the venue yeah it's a military venue and I thought this was a layup and all I and I was like does anybody miss Trump and it was like three people in the room <laughs> and I was like fuck. and I should have just moved on but I didn't, and I went through this whole bit about how like Trump created Space Force to fight the aliens, and it was fucking retarded. <laughs> it was retarded as shit. And so this is where it got weird for me, though, is because it, when I say it went like this, because the rest of my bit was about Lizzo. Mm. And the way I started it, I was like, yeah, yeah I was nervous about doing this show. I didn't know what I was going to write about. And then... Lizzo decided to betray her own people, didn't she? Yeah. And like a lot of a surprising amount of people like chuckled at it. And I was like, oh shit. And so I was like, yeah, uh, Lizzo decided to betray her own people, didn't she? And I was like, look, I asked, I was like, does anybody like Lizzo? And the crowd like played along with it. And if we raised our hand, I was, and I was like, why? I asked the lady in the middle and I was like, why? Like, why do you like Lizzo? She's like, oh, well, I like her music and the, the image she portrays. And as, and this is like, she was semi-attractive, like 35, 38-year-old, black-haired, slim lady. And as she's saying this, dude, I am not making this up. As she's saying this, I'm like looking around the room. There is, There are two women sitting to my left. One of them is a Lizzo fan. A Lizzo. <laughs> is a Lizzo fan, okay? And she is like giving me the Homelander, yeah. like <laughs> laser eyes, wanting to fucking kill me, right? And as she said that, that she's like, I was like, okay, you know what? That's fair. You're like, Liz, okay. And I was like, look, no one should be ever, should ever be like shamed or degraded or canceled or publicly ridiculed for the way they look. I genuinely believe that. No one does, nobody deserves that unless they do it to other people. And I literally said, fuck that bitch. And like 90% of the room went like, bah. yeah. So I was like, oh, so if you're cool with me saying fuck that bitch, then 
all bets are off, right? Yeah. Like, how much more disrespectful can you get, right? Because I realize that, like, if I say that line and it bombs, I'm going to bomb the whole time. It's going to be shitty. I go home in shame. Yeah. And I wallow for the night and I'm fine. Whatever, right? And so I was like, okay, well, if you guys are going to laugh at that, maybe most of my other stuff is going to land. And it just went like this. Yeah. Um, Like, um, I said, I got, like, because there were obviously some people in, in the crowd that had like a really dark sense of humor like I do. And one of the things I said that got a laugh was I said that, uh, I said, yeah, Lizzo lost her, uh, really fucked up her position as the ambassador for fat people. And I said that Lizzo being an advocate for fat people is like Hunter Biden being an advocate for crackheads. Yeah. <laughs> and so a couple people laughed at that. And then uh, I made a, and I transitioned to some like political stuff. Uh, I made a joke about Ronald Reagan that obviously Republican. Now they decided to be Republican. Yeah. They didn't like that shit. Uh, the biggest laugh was what I put on Instagram about the Bill Clinton thing. Gotcha. Well, have um, you heard like, so have you heard like when me and Leroy, because sometimes we bomb. Yeah. Have you, have you noticed that at all? Not so really. So we bomb in terms of, because we play like the host, if that makes sense, because we basically like, we'll talk in between songs. Yeah. So it's like, how do we relate to the audience? Do yeah. we get a laugh? What do we say during that just like yeah. 20 seconds of like from song to song? And there's been plenty of times where, you know, I'll say something. I don't think he's ever really done it, but just like some stupid shit that like the crowd does. does it just goes right over their head. Okay. But <laughs> also, you guys aren't living in that. You get to turn around and play mm-hmm. a badass song. Exactly. And I'm left with my shitty joke. Exactly. We could like bomb and be like, well, that sucked. Here's a good song coming up yeah. next. <laughs> I can't just like say a shitty joke and be like, okay, here's Green Day. Yeah. And just play it over. <laughs> be like, all right. It's all right. <laughs> but anyway, but I, what I, the biggest lesson I learned that night wasn't something I realized. I spoke with the headliner afterwards. Like he came over and he talked to me and he's like, okay, dude, you, like you get it, but you don't get it. And here's what you don't get. Yeah. And we had a good conversation and he was like, dude, you have funny material. It's your delivery. Uh-huh. He goes, you need to figure out your voice and you need to really figure, you need to get, and he's like, you just need to get on front of a mic more and you need to get out and just practice and really perform and figure out how to, how to deliver your material properly. Yeah. And I understand what he was really saying. What he was really saying is what I've known for pretty much my entire life, or at least for the last, like, I'm 26, for for the last 14 to 15 years, is that I'm an asshole. (laughs) But I want to be a funny asshole. So I need to figure out how to take my demeanor and deliver it in a more calm and less aggressive and less like funny or not less funny, but like a less abrasive way. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's what I need to figure out. And I want to go hit an open mic at some point this week and next week. I, I, I know I need to do it at least once or twice a week, mm-hmm. but it's like finding the time to do it is fucking tough. Yeah. Between all, all the podcasts, between and all the podcasting <laughs> and then it just, I don't know who the fuck is scheduling these open mics, but like, like there's an open like a couple of the open mics don't start until five or six, or no, they start at five or six, and it's right. like, why the fuck would you start an open mic at five yeah, or who's six? Who's gonna be there at five? Well, who's gonna be there? A and then what open micer that has a job is gonna be available at five or six? Right. Yeah. Like I don't get off until fucking four thirty, 
4.45, maybe 5 in the afternoon. Right. And then what? It's fucking 30 minutes to get back to my house. And I'm not going to come straight from my work to an open mic. I'm just not going to fucking do it. Yeah, you got to get ready a little bit. Oh, I got to fucking... I'm not going to show up in a polo and slacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just not going to be that guy. Um, and then at the same time, it's like, yeah, who's who the fuck is going to be there? Yeah. Because if people are going to an open mic, I would say it's less than 5%. Yeah. They're going... I was like, I want to go see comedy so bad that I'm going to go to an open mic. It's like, no. Dude, I want the comedy scene to grow so bad. I love I love comedy so much. Yeah, did you see Shane Gill's special comes out tomorrow? 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 Yes. I'm so fucking Yes, excited. I'm very excited for that. That's my boy. Um, but there's, there's... There are really good comedians here, dude. And... Uh, there's some cool stuff happening at Rebel that I can't, I'm not allowed to say on air yet, but there's really cool stuff happening with very good comedians. Uh, cause they have, because the guy who used to run all the comedy stuff stepped down, half stepped down, half removed, depending on who you ask. And a new, not a new guy, but a good comedian is getting in there. Okay. And they start doing their stuff. Um, Dry Heat's always got their stuff going and I'm plus or minus on what they're doing. Um, but, and then we're getting hyenas. In, oh, I've heard about that. In uh, March, soon. <laughs> March or April of next year, we're getting hyenas. Yeah. But even then, like there, there are good comedy shows that are happening. They're happening at breweries, you know. But they're still good, and there are really good comedians in this town. It's just I don't know, and nobody can seem to answer it for me because I ask, I ask on the podcast, and I ask personally to the top comedians in this city. What is wrong with the marketing? Because I see it because I follow these people on Instagram, right? So I'll see their flyers and I'll see the, the like, hey, we're doing this at this brewery. And like like me and David, we had gone to a, a thing at, because they do comedy at El Vado every Thursday. Right. Um, and we, we've gone to that. And so on. And I try to go out as much comedy as I can. But it's like, if you aren't going out of your way to find these things, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like you can't expect, um, you can't expect the breweries to do everything for you. Right. You know, you can't expect the venue to do everything for you because half of the agreement of you performing is that you need to be able to bring people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't feel bad about doing the two shows that I did. So I don't, I didn't deserve to go from an open mic to a feature. Right. No, that's stupid. Like that is, that is absolutely foolish to think I deserve that. But it was a free show at a small brewery. I didn't mind it too bad. Mm-hmm. I still didn't think I deserved to be on that anything, especially that first show, being sandwiched in between Black Mike and Steph. No. That, no. Like, yeah. You could tell the deficit in skill and ability and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Black Mike was fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, they're both hilarious. Yeah. Like They're fucking killers. But I just, I don't know what the issue is like because you you mentioned before that you guys always had the support Mm -hmm. what type of marketing do you guys do what type of like outreach or like what type of networking or just word of mouth do you guys get out about the band because you guys get people to the show yeah i mean it's it's kind of all word of mouth um either that or just posting on instagram you know um but we're, we're we haven't like you know like paid for our ads to get out there or anything like yeah. that. We've done that for songs, but as far as right. like reaching out for people to like come to our shows, yeah. It's always been pretty pretty authentic and pretty organic, you know, just people seeing our shit and coming. And we have actually like a decent amount of uh 
like regular fans, you know, that actually go to a lot of our shows. And it's pretty yeah. cool, you know, yeah. like seeing like, because when we first started, you know, it was our friends that were coming and it was our friends who were singing the, like the words back to us. And now it's like these people that we don't even know. And like, that's like, whoa, you know, and when we went down to, uh, to state this last year, it wasn't the best show, but we like saw people, you know, from that college singing words like our our own songs and we were like what the fuck like how do they know our shit you know so that was really cool um and uh, like that's something that i can't wait for in the like bigger you know spectrum to where we have like a fucking arena of people singing our shit and it's gonna come you know it will come it will but uh i mean at, at right now we're getting a little taste of that and it's it's fucking awesome that's like how we get so much energy on stage is i i get a vibe just from the people, like if, if, if I see, you know, someone like in the front row really giving us energy, singing the words, all that kind of stuff, it like, it pumps me up so much. It gives me so much energy if I'm not like drinking or anything like that. It'll just like, I can just go full on out all my energy and it's, it's so much easier. Um, but we've also had shows to where we're playing to kind of nobody, a little bit like Chiba Hut, you know, to where it's like <laughs> a little depleting. You I know? like that show. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... I <laughs> You know, we there's there's different shows. Oh, like yeah, you know, maybe they're getting paid right now to perf- to yeah. practice. But guess what? It's still a fun little show. Yeah, but uh, like, so my inner voice is like very loud. I don't know if like a lot of other people have this. I think they do. But so if I, especially if I don't like have a few drinks, I'll be on stage and I'll be like looking at people, and I get like my inner voice will start talking too much, and it's like, why aren't they like? into the show like what's going on like what are you not doing to like because they're the only person that's not into it i heard that too yeah i had that so especially in the one that you were at so i had gotten done with my um i had gotten done with my first bit about like having sex with an apple watch on yeah and thank god that my last line landed and there was a big of a laugh as there was. Yeah. Thank God. Because, dude, right when that last word left my mouth, I forgot my second bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. And I was like... Ah. And, I was, and I was like... Ah. That's what I'm known for. I'm known for fucking forgetting words, and, bro. And I was like, fuck. What was my next bit? And as the laughter died... Because what happened was as the laughter was kind of building, um, I was like, okay, what the fuck's my next bit? And then my brain immediately said, say something funny. Yeah. And that's bad. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to feed into that. Where's my other bit? And thankfully, as the laughter died, I got my, I figured out what it was and I did it. I remember I got, a, I got a message on Instagram about it. I'm like, yeah, you're really good about letting the laugh settle. I'm like, no. <laughs> I just forgot. <laughs> I just forgot the next bit. Thank you, though. Well, though, so, you know, I was telling you that we bomb sometimes. Yeah. So part of bombing is, at least in my terms, is forgetting words. Yeah. And that's happened several times for me. And so it's like, so like at, um, it wasn't our last Marble show. It was like two or three Marble shows ago. And I forgot the words of sugar. And I sang the second verse instead of the first verse. And (laughs) and, uh, we had to stop the whole song. Yeah. And so that was like, I was like, fuck. Was I there for that? I don't know. You might have been. But yeah, like it starts out because it's like, uh, am I more than you bargained for? Yeah, or whatever. I started singing the second verse. 
And everyone in the crowd just stopped singing and just like looked at me and I was like, oh, I was there for that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so we like restarted the song. I think one of like Leor's friends threw like a water bottle at me. (laughs) I was like, fuck. But yeah, that's like a, it's a very real way of bombing, you know, forgetting words in front of a very live crowd. And then you just have to be like, fuck, sorry. (laughs) Let's restart it. Yeah. Like I, I know I want to keep doing it. And again, it's it's just setting apart the time to really figure that out and hone that craft. Yeah, you know, and I and I went and did an open mic a while back, like a while back, um, at at a Red Door, and I bombed hard. I was yeah. also very drunk. Uh, I fucked up That'll bad. I fucked up bad, and I. Well, because I, I I went and I wasn't gonna do it initially. I was I, was, I wasn't in the mood. And I just wanted to go watch and maybe take some mental notes, have a couple of drinks, whatever. Yeah. But I got in there and I had a, I was drinking my first beer and I was like, yeah, I'll sign up. Okay, fuck it. I'll just, I was, I was with Danielle. I was like, fuck it, I'll sign up. So I went, signed up. And we're, me and her are sitting down. Well, I underestimated how long it was gonna take to get to me. Yeah. <laughs> because one beer turned into three beers and two whiskeys, and I was like fuck okay and it's my turn yeah i got up there and i had a bit that i was working on that i still want to keep working on it's very stupid so it's out with me shaving my balls all right it's very dumb it's very very dumb manscaped (laughs) (laughs) but i went up there i tried doing that and i fucked that up and i went to my apple watch thing and i butchered oh i butchered it i basically if that because i don't think it's a bad bit like i there's some fat needs to get shaved off of it but i don't think it's that bad of a bit i landed well that night so fuck it i i do want to use it again i just want to like really trim it down to right because it lasted like two and a half minutes that's a 30 second bit right you know what i mean that's like a 30 45 second bit so but I started doing that, and if that bit was a human being, I nailed it to the ground and just stabbed it. <laughs> and I butchered it, and I cut it to pieces, and it was horrible. It was bad. And I remember just bombing, and I sat back down, and I was like, well, I'm sober now. <laughs> um, and that was bad. Now I learned that I cannot be drunk and yeah. fucking do stand And did you just live with it for like the next couple of days? Oh, You're yeah. Like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, then it also helped, though. It helped a lot that everyone else that went up bombed, too. Nice. Nice. You know, like yeah. it was just a shit show. Yeah. Shit show, shit show, shit show. Sucks for the audience, but. <laughs> well, no, but, the, but nobody was there. Oh, okay. Cool. It was the audience were the open micers. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that, there was like 15, 20 people there. And of those 15, 20 people, 12 went up. Nice. You know what I mean? So it was bombing for the open micers and their plus one. So, you know. Worked out. Yeah, it was fine. I don't know. I just, I know I love doing it. I just, again, I need to carve out the time to go out and, or to write, learn how to write, and then actually like figure that out like what 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 is the anatomy of a joke? And like, okay, so that headliner from that second show I did, he gave me a really good piece of advice that I've been doing actually, where take your one of your favorite comedians, take one of their bits and write it word for word. Watch them do the bit and then pick out, okay, this is what the punchline is, this is mm. what the setup is, this is where the whatever the tag is. It's a and, template. Yeah, yeah. Make a template out of it and then apparently there's like these thirteen watch. It's like the 13 
structures of comedy or some shit or comedic structures or some shit. Sounds so professional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 13 comedy forms that he was telling me about. And then uh, align it with one of those comedy forms mm. and then further analyze. Okay. How did this go? Why was this word chosen? Why did all that? Right. And then go from there. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's a fucking, I'm learning that it's big. It's a bigger process than I thought it was. Dude. I, th- I just think that it's so cool that, like comedians and musicians like share so much of the same like story and path. Yeah. Like the struggle, you know, and yeah. I think it's really cool. And I didn't like know about it until like Leroy is big on comedians. Yeah. And so I've, I've learned a lot through that and just like small interviews and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just as, almost the exact same struggle that we're going through. Just, just a little bit different of an Avenue. It's really cool. When you look at performing, Maybe, okay, maybe not now. Let's say a, never a year ago, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at performing and you're looking at writing music, making music, did it just make sense to you? Maybe you didn't know how to do it properly. Maybe you knew that you had a lot to learn. But you looked at it and not as like, as you started like getting yourself into it, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not looking into, at it as like, oh, that's a scary thing. I don't know if I can do it. But you look at it as like, okay, that makes sense to me. I just got to figure out how to get there. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, that's... Music's one of the only things that's, like, come very naturally to me. You know, it's like... When I learned guitar, it was, like, it was pretty simple. You know, I was able to figure it out pretty fast. And then I learned piano, like, super, super fast after that. And I don't actually know how to play piano. I know how to play, like, chords and stuff like that. Well, I saw that video of you on the rooftop, right? Yeah. Of your, yeah. On y'all's TikTok. That yeah. was pretty good, dude. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I can play piano as chords to... I can play a song on piano. That doesn't mean that I'm playing it right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can play it to where it sounds decent. Yeah. But I'm not actually... Like, I'm literally just playing, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever, like, the simple shit. I'm not doing anything crazy. Yeah. And, um... And so that's just kind of like what I do in terms of like songwriting, stuff like that. Like for guitar and piano, I just need to know like kind of like the basics of it. Like if I need to like write a little riff or something like that, I can, I just have a bass, you know, like where it starts. That makes sense. Yeah. But back to what I was asking, like like perception, like you look at it and in your brain, it just registered as like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I mean, melodies come very easily to me. So, like, anything music. Like, uh, like the you know, the Office theme song? Yeah. Like, I've, I've written a song to that, like, fucking theme song because I've heard it so many times. <laughs> like, I have a melody that we could fit into a song if we, like, did those chords. Yeah. You know, so it's, like, something that I don't actually do, like, knowingly, I guess. Like, yeah. I'll, like I whistle nonstop every day. Whether it's, like, a song that I know, song that I'm, like, making up or whatever, I'm always, like, fucking whistling. Yeah. And so I think that's like, I, I, I think music just comes a little bit more simple to me. You know, yeah. I just understand it a little bit more, but, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's anything in terms of like, like how I do stuff. If it's anything different than anyone else, I think it's the same. Well, you're not intimidated by it. Yeah. Like you don't look at it as this big grandiose thing. That you don't know how to take it down, you don't know how to enter it. No, like, but like what you're saying, it just makes sense. Yeah, you're like, like what I hear, like yeah. it, it's not complicated at all. You know, like Toby sends me a riff, and that, that that's how almost all of our songs start now. 
Toby starts a riff, sends it to me, and I'm like, yeah, we could do something with this. Obviously, it's not just me. It's like the whole band decision, but yeah, a lot of times, like if if I do hear something, I'm like, let's work on that. Like that's something that we could do. So I guess I have like a. I don't know. Like I said, it just comes a little bit more natural to me in a way. You know, I can, I just, I, for me at least, I know when I like what I like what I'm hearing and like when I think I can make something out of that. So, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's like, it comes easy. It's just a little bit more, more natural. That's you know, sick. I don't have to try as much. It's just like, I just have to listen to it a little bit and it just, it's just going to come to me. What do you feel like you still have to learn? A lot. <laughs> um, I would say I have to learn a lot in terms of just like stage performance. Uh, I, I think the writing is going to come. I think we're good writers. We're good musicians. I think just in time, we're going to make good hits. Um, but the things that we just need to focus on is performing. And yeah, I would say performing mainly. Just getting, because like that's what we're doing is we're building our like resume like, in terms of songs. You know, so as soon as we have, we have good songs now. But when we have like a full album of just straight bangers, you know, it's like, it's a little hard to argue with that at that point, you know, and that's what we're trying to get to is to where you just can't really doubt it. And that's what we're trying to get to. You guys are right there. Yeah. I was telling you guys after <laughs> your last, that, not the, okay, not the marble one, but the rehearsal before that sister show when you played that first, that lat, that new song. Oh Yeah. Like, if that's not the song that, like, really spikes you guys, you guys are on the path. And that's exactly what I'm talking Because we've had this feeling, because, like, I'm saying, I think this song is a hit. I, I, my personal opinion, I think it's going to be a hit. Like, I, I almost hate listening to you guys play it, because I know that I can't go to my car and play it for <laughs> <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> not yet. It is Soon. so Soon. fucking good, Soon, dude. Bro. But but we've had that like feeling a couple times, you know, like we thought we had that with twenty something. We thought we had that with all night long when it first came out. So it's like, who knows? We might not get it after this hit song that we think is a hit, but we're gonna write a better song very soon. So it's like even if this isn't the song, like it's gonna be right there as soon as they do find our hit song and it's next in the queue. You know what I mean? As soon as someone finds you out and you have a good song, you're like, all right, what else do they have? Yeah. You know, and if you can go to their library or playlist, whatever, and be like, oh, they have like eight killer fucking songs. You know, that's how bands are made. You know, and it's 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 really hard to do it just off of one song. So we got We have to have the ammo, you know, like ready to go. That's a smart way to think about it. Yeah, that's a very smart so way. So if it isn't it. this one, it's going to be one soon for sure. Are you guys thinking about doing a music video again anytime soon for that song? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to. So, didn't want to assume too much, but good. Yeah, we're waiting for the like final to like start everything, but we'll probably shoot it in like November, probably. Nice. Yeah. So it'll it'll drop beginning of October, I think, and then a video a couple months after. But we're excited, man. This song's gonna be fucking lit. <laughs> it's such a cool song, dude. Yeah, dude. What the fuck is it about? Like, I, you don't have to give too much away right now. I'll say it's it's like. Like kind of a sexual song. Because like, I, I know like a couple of songs out of the chorus. That's the most clear. Yeah. Um, but okay. That's why I yeah, kind of it's It's kind of sexual. It's like uh, I, I like to write to where it's not like clear. To where it's like people can like take it for what they want a little yeah. bit. You know, they can kind of write their own story. 
So with this one, I like it. The lyrics are kind of sexual, but they're not like in your face sexual. It's like yeah. little hidden. <laughs> so uh, that's how I like to write. Is like not straightforward. It's like yeah. you have to really listen to it and no, maybe give your own little story to it. But so before we get out of here, when because this is this is gonna drop on Friday. Sweet. Um, when is your next performance? Uh, next one is State Fair on September 9th, so come out and catch us then. Was oh, that Saturday? That is Saturday, this Saturday. This will come out on Thursday then. Just Sweet. kidding. All I'll, right. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give some breathing room. Sweet. So, okay, so... And then after that, we have Bands of Enchantment on September 23rd. Oh, that's going to be sick. And I don't know if that's public tickets or not. I'll have to get back to you on that. But check our Instagram, because it'll, it'll show all that there. But I think you can buy tickets to that. Because that's a live performance when they're yeah, recording that, live, right? Yeah, they're, live, live per, they're recording everything, and it'll be on the PBS station as like an episode. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be cool, man. That's fucking yeah. sick. And then again, new song probably coming out October 2nd, hopefully with the music video following pretty soon after that. And then um, I think we have a Halloween show, but that's not confirmed yet. So that's all we got right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming through, buddy. Yes, sir. It's always, it's, dude, it's always, always a, a pleasure hey, to see good, you. It's good to be on this side. <laughs> <laughs> you were a great producer, dude. Awesome. But no, it's it's always a pleasure hanging out with you, whether yes, it's sir. doing this or it's, you know, the right early, after the shows, <laughs> the early hours of the morning, yes, sir. trying to figure our way back home. But um, thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. And uh, looking forward to this weekend. I'll be there. Stay fair. You fun. always are. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's always a good time. And uh, thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.